This week on the Jock and Nerd Podcast, we react to a bunch of huge trailers that dropped, including but not limited to Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 and the first trailer for Spider-Man Homecoming. Geek Mooner. Plus, we touch on this week's mid-season finales for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., The Flash, Arrow, Legends of Tomorrow, the latest episode of The Walking Dead, and a whole bunch more, all in this edition of the Jock and Nerd Weekly for Friday, December 9th, 2016. Check. Check one. All right. This is really fans out there. Let's give it up. Jock and Nerd. What's up, listener? Thanks for joining us. This is the Jock and Nerd Podcast. My name is Imran. I am the nerd half of the Jock and Nerd Podcast, filling in this week. For our friend Anthony, my co-host, the jock, is uh, a friend of the show, uh, the most opinionated New Yorker on the internet. This is a guy who likes to spend his nights making vector paths, clicking anchor points, and adjusting Bezier curves. It's none other than John Bellotti Jr. What's up, Johnny? Oh, my hand is aching from all that stuff you just said because Illustrator destroys my my hand tendons and he doesn't use a gradient mesh. So stop asking people <laughs> all two of you, all two of you uh, also joining us. Of course, we're rounding out the geek trio is everybody's favorite felty American, Mr. Rugberto Bambino, but you know him as rug boy. What's up rugs. What's up dudes. Good earth to you and good earth to you. John Bellotti jr. Well, thank you guys. Good earth to all you freaks and geeks out here. Now, uh, listener, uh, this is week two sans jock. He is still, uh, living it up in the Filipinas. Uh, yeah. who knows what kind of trouble he's into. Uh, he did share a CrossFit photo from the Philippines. That's uh, about all I know that's going on out there right there now. There were some guys that were taller than him, which I was, I thought that was weird. I was surprised. I just expected him to like tower over everyone. Well, he said that he was going to be taller than everyone. He, yeah, he was. Uh, there were some big dudes there. I mean, this is a, you know, it's 2017 people or 2016 yeah. or what year is this? I don't even know I what year know. it is anymore. Who cares? Look, uh, listener, if you're a longtime listener, you may remember John Bellotti Jr. The last time you heard him was on our fantabulous visit to G-Fest. Jock and Nerd episode 118 in which the jock and the nerd go to G-Fest and do it jock and nerd style. What does that mean? Well, Anthony hit on cute girls and I broke shit. Oh, uh, shit. Like a spaz. Expensive things. $800 worth of shit, man. I, I broke expensive things like that. Spaz that I am. If you enjoy cringeworthy, awkward uh, audio, definitely check out Jock and Nerd episode 118. And you know how I know it's good? It's because I can barely, I can't listen back to it. It makes me fucking, gives me douche chills. Douche chills. Such, well, you are a douche. Such. So lame. I'm such an ass sometimes. Uh but before we begin, you guys, it's uh, December and uh, there's fucking Christmas shit everywhere. It's the holiday season. I wanted to get you guys and the listener a little bit in the holiday mood. You guys like ho uh, holiday music? You fans yes. of the holiday music? Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, what's unique about me, listener, is I I'm going to be I'm probably the only Muslim guy you've ever met that loves Christmas music. Oh, shit. <laughs> I don't know why. Me and my, why? Well, me and my sister grew up 
just loving like because we grew up without Christmas, but we just grew up loving everything about like the winter holiday season. And we love I love covers of Christmas tunes. Like give me a good jazz cover or like hip hop Christmas music. What are some of your favorite uh, holiday songs you like to listen to? Who wants to go first? You rug boy or me? I don't like anything. So <laughs> rug boy hates I'll just say nothing. Okay. Well, I have one. I have one that probably nobody has heard except from my friends back in Staten Island. It's a band called El Nino. Okay. And there's another band called The Step Kings. They were two like like hard rock, heavy metal bands back in the 90s. And they did a cover of Feliz Navidad, but it was like heavy metal version. And it's like the best Christmas song ever. Oh, oh and, Snap. That and the fun. other one, uh, Run Run Rudolph. I like that one a lot, too. That one's a good one. I'm yeah. going to share. Those are some good pulls, Bilotti. I'm going to share right now. My favorite cover of Santa Claus is coming to town. And if you're a disturbed freak like me, you will also appreciate it. Uh, and you'll know what I'm talking about. Here it is. Listen, if this grunting doesn't put you in the Christmas mood, I don't know what will. I have the camera in my basement when I'm doing that. This is Rugboy's uncle, and it explains a lot. Sounds like Gargamel. Sounds like... I love this guy. That puts me into the mood. That sounds like a really drunk Tom Waits. Uh... I I love that. That's awesome. He's just grunting his way through a song. That is an old, this dude, Joseph Spence, Bahamian guitarist. And I think he's just old, but he did that. I don't know, but I fucking love it. I'll, I'll put the whole, the whole uh, song at the end of the episode for you listener. It's the most oh, disturbing, boy. scariest Christmas song I've ever heard. I never oh, want to hear that ever again. Uh, <laughs> Oh, that's fantastic. All right, let's get into the news. The Jock and Ned Podcast. Listener, if you knew, if you didn't know, now you know, is that you can contact the show. You can come say hi, tweet at us, Facebook us, suggest articles, join our Facebook group, send us a speak pipe. All you got to do is visit jockandnerd.com slash contact, and there's tons of ways to get in touch. We want to hear from you, uh, but... We're going to start the new segment with a fucking trailer segment. Oh, my God. Geek boner. What a week for trailers. One that I was waiting for for a long time and a whole bunch of other ones that uh, I didn't even expect to come out. Uh, we're going to start with uh, we're going to go in order of uh, uh, excitement and quality level here, guys. What do you say? I don't care. Which yeah. is why we're going to start with the Transformers 5, the last night trailer. By everyone's favorite, uh, Michael Bay. Now, I didn't even want to talk about this trailer, but it came out. Uh, and as is with a lot of these Transformer movies, the trailers are usually pretty badass. But we all know the movie's going to be garbage, isn't it? Yeah, all the movies suck except for the first one. Yes, this trailer has kind of got an epic feel. It's got the it's there's like Nazis, and you see uh, medieval England in the beginning. 
Uh, and then you see Michael Bay's name, and then you just go, and you're a little just uh, lame. Yeah. Make shitty movies. I thought he was going to be like a, when I first saw The Rock. Yes. I was like, oh, this guy's a prodigy. This He's going to be really potential. good. And uh, he ended up being a dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> he films. You know what he does best? He films sunsets really well. That's oh, he's what I the noticed. sunset guy. Like J.J. Abrams is the lens flare guy. Michael. He does all the sunset. Victoria's Secret commercials. He directs those things. Oh, he does. So he knows how to make chicks look good. And he knows how to make cars look good. He makes not make things look good. He knows, he just, yes, and American flags. He likes glorifying uh, the American flag in the military. But you have Sir Anthony Hopkins with the VO on this, which I was like, wow, this kind of gives it a whole other sense of grit but you still know the movie's gonna be garbage yeah it's gonna be awful it's made for china it really is just made for china at this point yeah it's true it, that's it, all they're doing now that's is all they're doing Chinese movies yeah that's exactly what they're doing they're like it's gonna make what uh 200 something million here in domestic and it's gonna make like 700 million in china alone i so mean it's just it's, they don't it's really what we export it. that's all we export now are they, movies and even like the lines in here are so predictable where the girl the girl goes i'm gonna stay and i'm like oh she's gonna stay and i'm gonna fight and then it goes she goes i'm gonna fight i was like yeah that's predictable i you know yeah. the only interesting bit like it, it is it looks exciting uh, was where Optimus turns on Bumblebee or something. I don't know what the fuck's going on. Yeah. I He's running out of ideas. I, no, he needed to get. I think he left him with the uh, the Matrix of power. I don't know. I don't. I can't keep he up. Had with to get this. it back. So he's floating dead in space, and then he comes back and he spears them or some shit. Uh, the movies never look as good as these trailers do for the Transformers series. Uh, well, a trailer, it's easy to make it look good. Yes. You just take the best shit that you have and put it in the trailer. Yes, pretty much. Uh, but good news for, you know, the uh, the Marvel and DC universe is that Michael Bay, he said he will never make a Marvel or DC movie. Good. Yay. There is a God. <laughs> That's uh wowie zowie. Uh, so he says uh, he doesn't find playing in a larger studio sandbox appealing. He says, I wouldn't want to do it. It's not my thing. It's just not my gig. I don't ever want to take someone like a third of something or second of something. I just got to do my own thing because the most fun is when a real director creates the world. You know, you talk but to isn't he what he, that's what he's uh, doing with Transformers. Yes. No, it's such a stupid thing to say. He says, you talk to Ridley Scott. One of our favorite things to do is create the world. Steven Spielberg, create the world. That's what it's about. Oh, he's comparing himself to Ridley Scott and Steven Spielberg. First of all, first yeah. of all, he is not in their class no. at all. No. Okay. And he's made a worse world than the original one. Yes. Oh, shit. And on top of that, like he just completely insulted like every franchise director by saying only a real director would... <laughs> You know, and then like the ego on the guy to say that, like, oh, I want to make I want to do my own thing. I want to be caught dead doing a sequel. Yeah, he's like, like, I would on. never do a Marvel or DC yeah. movie. I wouldn't he's... be caught dead doing a Marvel movie. Exactly. Like, oh, you think in like 15 years, people are going to be clamoring from anything that Michael Bay does? No, no, it's so forgettable. And it's so yeah. like there's nothing there. He says he likes the Marvel movies. He had nothing bad to say. He said, I really like Civil War. When I saw Iron Man, it broke a lot of new ground for me. Great character, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, you're right. Anyways, uh, all right. Well, yeah. can I ask a question before we move on? Yes. What is your favorite Michael Bay movie? If you if there is one, I enjoyed. What was that? The Island. That was good. Yeah, that was the one I was going to say too. It's a good, yes. smart sci-fi movie. That's probably. Let me see. That's probably the only movie that's like passable. Are there, okay. Are there any? No, are there that any bombed, others? right? Wasn't that his bomb? And then he made yeah, that was to pull that himself. was the first time I saw Scarlett Johansson. I thought she was hot. Yes. Yes. I feel like that movie was like so smart that it bombed, and they were like, "All right, I can't make smart movies. I'm just gonna make yeah, big, stupid movies." 
Transformers 5 comes out uh, June 23rd, 2017. Let's move on to another shared universe trying to get started. And that's the Universal Monsters shared universe. We Last week, we talked about the quick tease they gave us for The Mummy. Now we have a full trailer. What did you guys think of this first Mummy trailer? Well, they didn't really show you a lot. They, they spent a lot of time in that helicopter. Or, or the C, or, yeah, whatever the, that the thing C-130 is. C-130 giant freighter. transport plane, yeah. So they didn't really, they showed you that kind of one scene. I think the reason behind that is they want to show you how um, intense it is. I mean, the trailer is intense. It's really just Mission Impossible with a, a mummy is what I saw. Here's what I saw. Yeah. I saw Tom Cruise running with another woman yeah. down some street with things exploding behind him. And I was like, didn't I just see that in like the last five Tom Cruise movie trailers? Tom Cruise. Yeah, every Rogue, Rogue Nation was so good, though. You know what? I heard about I, I still got to watch that one. But you're right. It's like a, it's like Tom Cruise versus the mummy. So uh, the mummy in this is that woman played by Sofia Botello. It's a, a female mummy. Uh, which uh, it's the trailer. The trailer's pretty intense. Like that whole scene is very intense. But again, it's very it's just your your typical Tom Cruise action. Tom trailer. Cruise. Tom Cruise running. It's like he's he gets older, but his female co stars keep getting younger. <laughs> I don't mind that at all. Yeah. Uh, Sick. Listen, bastard. I, listen. Say what you want about Tom Cruise, but I enjoy a lot of his movies. I, I do. Really like I he, do too. Collateral Gun, damage Edge as, a, as yeah. Collateral damage when he's like an assassin. He's fucking badass. It's a great cocktail. Movie. Come on. <laughs> I Classic. love, you know, you got to love Tom Cruise world where he's the best at yes. what he does and he's always gets <laughs> the girl. And, uh, there's one guy that's like just a little bit better. Uh, but so something interesting about the mummy is that the director has kind of clarified where the beginning of this shared universe, uh, starts because they, in 2014, they touted Dracula untold with Luke Evans. As the beginning of this new shared universe. Yeah, they made a misstep with that movie. So while talking with Screen Rant, Alex Kurtzman gives a definitive no when asked directly if Dracula Untold was still a part of the franchise. Instead, the shared monsterverse, which features in this trailer, Russell Crowe as Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, will kick off with the mummy. He said, I believe strongly that the only way you can build a universe is not to start by trying to build a universe. If you want to get out there, the only way you're going to get there is if the audience allows you to get there. Meaning, you have to do a great individual films first. The audience has to fall in love with those movies first and those characters first. And if they do, and you develop an organic story reason to start bringing them together, great. But you can't start with, let's just bash everybody together. In order for you to enjoy The Mummy, you have to have a satisfying mummy experience. I like what he's saying here, because isn't this what Warner Bros. DC is just getting backwards? Like, he's doing it the Marvel way. He gets it. Well, I think one of the problems is that in Dracula Untold, they overpowered Dracula. Oh. And then he wasn't Dracula anymore. And he's more like a superhero. And they went too far away from the character. Now you have The Mummy who can do a lot of shit, like has superpowers now, too. So everybody's like, it's like the mummy used to be just a thing that would just go around and, you know, like a, like a zombie. Right. You know, he, and he, there was like, every once in a while there'd be bugs and shit, but like they're going, they're overpowering these things so much. And there's two alike now. They're not like different. I want to, what is Frankenstein going to come out? He's going to control the dead and make them raise from the dead because he's half dead. I don't know. Yeah. It is going to be like, interesting. They're to going see too far with all of these things. How they're going to tie these things together. 
Also, Tom Cruise is undead in this movie. Yeah, he wakes up from the uh, morgue. It was a good jump scare. You kind of was predictable, but I don't understand, like, why is he still alive? What's going on? It's got my, it's got me interested. Uh, I found another interesting article about why the mummy is a female. Kurtzman explained that his original plan was to have a male mummy, but after he saw, he says he wanted a male mummy who was born with a skin condition that altered his pigment. But after he saw the end of uh, Days of Futures Past, the post credit scene where you see a skinny apocalypse, he's like, oh, shit. He says, I'll let you in on a secret. There was a moment when I sort of have rendered a design that I liked for a male version of the mummy. And in that version of the mummy, the mummy had been born with a skin pigmentation that at the time would have made him really sort of an outcast. And I thought it was an interesting backstory because it began to tell the story of someone who had been bullied, which I found topical. Uh, I was going down that road when I saw the end of Days of Futures Past, and they had the character that Oscar Isaac wound up playing as a boy, and it was like, I kid you not, the exact same design. And I was like, oh man, this is not good. And actually, it was the catalyst. It was the moment of, okay, this is not going to be different enough. Brian Singer just did it. I don't want to go down that road. What do you guys think? Do you think it was a good idea for him to make the mummy a woman, which now it looks like the Enchantress from fucking Suicide Squad, or... Shitty had just stuck to his original thing. They're like, look, he. Uh, this is a post-credit scene that's like 10 seconds. I'm doing my own fucking thing here. I would have just, you know, kept her looking Egyptian. Yeah. Instead of like a shaman or something. Like, the the design of her looks kind of murky. It's not, you don't just think Egyptian right off the bat. No, it's very, it is. It, and mm. I don't even think she's Egyptian. I'm really not sure. Like that design of the the sarcophagus and everything, it just not doesn't scream Egypt to me. Yeah, it's oh. very different stylized. Yeah, bloody. They go for. I mean, it's Hollywood. They go for what looks cool, as opposed to like what's 100 percent accurate. Only certain directors go for that, like Scorsese and Tarantino. You know, like they want like the super accurate. You know, to like the time uh, time period or uh, what they would wear and but stuff like that. Some but. cues, maybe some cues, like a design cues at least. Like I'm not saying go go like get married to the historical shit but give me a cue that looks like i could tell it's uh egyptian oh but look look at like um what was that movie that just came out the gods of egypt Egypt. and it's all a bunch of white dudes playing like egyptians i mean you know it's just like the same shit it's it's a it's a tentpole film and they want to market it to uh foreign markets and they don't care they really don't about the foreign market like and they, they want. Got, yeah. and think of it though, like, like, um, let's say they want to, like, um, you know, send it to like a country that's at war with Egypt. They're not going to want like Egyptian-looking artifacts or headdresses in the movies. Same thing with um, the ancient one in Doctor Strange. Remember, they wanted to be Tibetan because China was such a huge market. She's Celtic. To, yeah, yeah. They didn't want to like ostracize the entire Chinese market. That was a tough spot for them. Like either way, they were going to lose out on something. So, you know, they managed to to pull out the best option. Uh, Look, this, like you said, this is their tentpole. This is their saying. This is the start of their universe. They got big stars. They got a name. This needs to be really good for them. It's coming out June 9th, 2017. You can all check out The Mummy. Okay, let's move on to some trailers that are getting really good now. This just dropped today, I think, surprisingly. Uh, a franchise that's kind of going under the radar, but it's solid. And that is the War for the Planet of the Apes trailer, the third movie in this really awesome franchise uh, of the rise to like Caesar becoming a general. Bilotti, uh, you posted this to our Facebook page. Uh, you seem really excited. Why don't you start about, let's talk about this trailer. What do you love about it? What do you love about this whole thing? 
Oh, man. Well, first of all, this is, I think I wrote on your page, this has quietly become one of like the best rebooted franchises. Absolutely. In the last 10 years. Um, the opening shot of the trailer where you see the beach and it's reminiscent of like the first Planet of the Apes yes, film. Yes. Like at the end, and I'm like, oh my God. And then yeah. they have um, like these super, like super Navy SEAL looking guys, like in the uh, the woods, I guess, by the ape compound, wherever they live out in the. Uh, Pacific Northwest or whatever. No, it's San Francisco, isn't it? Right. I think it's West Coast. Yeah. And then you see like Woody Harrelson with the oh. uh, the camouflage makeup on his face and he's like shaving his head. He just looks completely psychotic. But then you see the little photo of, of, of him looking at like his daughter or something. And you're like, oh, man, this guy has like depth to him. That's like you can understand what he's fighting for. And just the whole look of this thing. I mean, it looks like it's going to be brutal. Then you see all the the military vehicles and then the apes are fighting with machine guns. And it just, it looks amazing. It just, it just, I've, I don't even know what to say. I don't really have the right words yeah. to describe this. I'm just babbling like a fool right now. I mean, Woody Harrelson looks amazing and amazing emotion from these fully mocap CGI characters. Like oh, what down. a great yeah. journey he's had. This really it reminds me of, this is like, you know how alien was a horror movie and aliens was the war movie. This is their fucking war movie. This looks like, I mean, the fucking apes with machine guns. It's fucking badass. Uh, Rugs, what did you think of this? Well, I like this series. I watched the first one and I was like, I was impressed. I was like, wow, this is impressive. This is, I didn't expect this to be good. And then I went into the second one thinking it was going to be okay. And then it blew me away because just that opening shot of that whole, of, of zooming into his face. And then there was that whole thing in the, in the ape village and it was cool. And like, there was like an ape story there. There was like things going on that were like, they were carrying this film, Yep, you know? And like all of these ape characters were like just as engaging as the humans. And if not more, absolutely. And so when I saw this, I was like, okay, this is going to be a lot. I I don't know if it's going to be as, uh, have as much depth. It's I think this could be more of a spectacle, but I'm, I'm still down for it. I, lo- I love uh, I-, I love how you see uh, there's gorillas on the human side, and I guess there's going to be some humans on the ape side. Uh, yeah, I think there's going to be people who want to coexist, and then there's people who just realize that it can't happen. Woody Harrelson looks amazing. Like y- you love him as a bad guy. Like you think of uh, Natural Born Killers and how charismatic, like charismatic killer, serial killer he was. Uh, and yeah, the end of just the fact that these are all they're all fake. It's all mocap. It looks amazing. Like it's all fake apes. It looks fucking incredible. I have a question. Do you yes. do you guys remember the last Planet of the Apes movie, the original uh, from the original series in the sixties and seventies? I think it was Battle for the Planet of the Apes. I saw I saw them all. I saw them all. I don't remember them all. I don't remember the last um, one. The, I I when I was a kid, it was it was basically Godzilla, Bruce Lee, and, and the Apes movies, and yeah. I loved Conquest. Was my favorite. That's the one where um, Caesar is with Ricardo Montalban, and he. <laughs> gets taken into like the ape compound and they're all like slave apes. And then he revolts. And then the, the next movie is battle for planet of the apes where they fight these human characters, but they were like fat dudes with beards and like leather hats <laughs> with like G like old, like army jeeps and bazookas. And I was like, as a kid, I was like, this sucks. I want to see this. You know, I want to see like a sprawling battle. Yeah. So when I saw this trailer and I yes. saw like the military vehicles and just the the uniforms these guys are wearing. I'm like, this is wow. This is what I've always wanted to see as a kid. So that's why I'm really excited about yeah, this Yeah, I mean, it really looks like the final stand between the two species for, yeah. and the winner gets the planet. Uh, wow, looks epic. Yeah, and it's like, this it comes out of nowhere. But, 
that's one of the things that we forget that this was already a successful franchise yeah. years ago in the seventies. It was a fucking success. People fuck. They made a ton of these movies. Yeah, and a TV show. Tim Burton almost killed it though. Single handedly. Yeah. Almost did you, completely you guys it. should really revisit those movies because they're very, very good, and they tie them all in perfectly with each other. Yeah, I mean, they, and they get political in their allegories and, and very, commentary yeah, on, on government and life. And uh, these movies are doing the same thing uh, in the modern age. It's just a great series. So, oh my God, psych yeah. for that. July 14th, 2017. Okay, here's another great one from uh, the MCU. Uh, it's one that we we knew was was about to drop. We didn't know when, and it is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, the first trailer. Uh, this I gotta say, I'm just gonna say I love this trailer. I love 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 this trailer. Like, and the reason is, I I have no expectations. I didn't know what to expect, and the way that's like the shots they give you, the way it's cut, they don't give you a lot of the story, but they give you the flavor, the tone. Uh, baby Groot is amazing. The giant monster Drax at the end, uh, just a pitch perfect trailer. Great song by sweet or it's by, I think it's sweet Fox on the run by sweet. Uh, the song is perfect. Uh, rugs. What do you think about this trailer? Uh, I think the overall essence of this trailer is that they, they're a group now. They're, they're a team. The, the, there's a camaraderie there and it, it kind of, comes through in the, in this trailer and and I think that's the most fun thing about it. I really didn't care for well I don't really I, I'm not I, I don't really care for anything in the trailer other than seeing that chemistry between all these characters and that's basically it for me. I mean, I'm excited to see it. I like the first Guardians of the Galaxy. Um I thought it was going to be a mess when it first one came out, right. so and and I was pleasantly surprised. It was fun and it's very watchable. So uh, let's see what happens with this one. Hopefully it's better like in every way. Is Bilotti, is Baby Groot going to steal this movie? And will he get bigger, you think? Or he's always going to be Baby Groot through the whole movie? I think he's going to be Baby Groot through the whole movie. I definitely think so. Because, because apparently it picks up like six months after the last movie ended. Yeah. Which is interesting. Okay. What do you think? Yeah. I think it looks amazing. I think it everything that Rug Boy said, plus just they look more comfortable with each other. And, you know, the first film was the origin film and you got to get through all that stuff and them getting to know each other. And now it's like, this is what it could be like this. It just looks hilarious. Just the whole scene with Mantis at the end reading. Uh, Mantis is great. We get we get new characters. The sets are colorful. Batista is killing it. He's so funny. He's like, you must be so embarrassed. Do me next. Do me. It's so good. Uh, And Baby Groot, of course, is hilarious. I think. They, like, you don't see Ego, the planet. I wonder if they're in Ego in that whole little bit where he's running around with the bomb. But or Stallone. Stallone's in the movie, too. Yes, we didn't. We haven't seen Stallone, and they didn't show us Yandu. But I like how they didn't really have to show you any of the plot, but it was just, you know this is going to be another fun movie. And Ruggs, I agree. Like, the chemistry from the first movie seems solid, and and, and then they're just going to build on that. So Yeah. It's big, gonna be bigger and better, hopefully. This is uh very exciting. Uh, this trailer became broke a record for Marvel, became the most uh, watched Marvel trailer of all time. It was viewed eighty one million times in just twenty four hours. Oh shit! Also propelled the song "Fox on the Run" by Sweet to number one on the iTunes downloaded list. James Gunn wrote on his Facebook, "Holy crap!" With eighty one million views in its first twenty four hours. The Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 teaser trailer is the second biggest teaser trailer ever 
after Beauty and the Beast and the biggest Marvel Studios teaser ever. And he was like, thank you. I'm floored. Thanks for sharing it. I mean, I watched it a couple of times because it, it is it was just that fun. It's a fun trailer. Absolutely. This movie will be out May 5th, 2017. And that brings us to the big one. Geek Ladies and gentlemen, the one I've been waiting for, the one everyone's been waiting for, Sony released the first Spider-Man Homecoming trailer. Oh, shit. Not just one, but two. Of course, uh, on Jimmy Kimmel's The Place Where They Release Trailers Now, I guess, we got a domestic trailer and an international trailer, and it's very interesting the difference in tone and how and 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 uh, in these two trailers, it's very telling. You know what they try to sell to each market. Let's start with the domestic trailer. Initial reactions. What did you guys think of Tom Holland and this trailer as Spider Man? Uh, I yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I like him. I like I loved him in Civil War. Yeah, but. When I see his face as Peter Parker, I don't see Peter Parker. I just I keep seeing Andrew Garfield because I thought he was like the perfect looking Peter Parker. Really? Yeah. Well, look, we've never seen a really teenagery version of Peter Parker. Like this is it does set it apart from the other two movies. Uh, I, look, I was really excited for this part for this Spider Man trailer, and while I like this trailer, don't get me wrong, it honestly, if I'm gonna be honest with myself didn't completely blow me away. It did not. And it was a little underwhelming only because I kind of felt like I got what I thought. Like it didn't surprise me. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Tom Holland to me, I don't think he's the greatest Peter Parker. Just like John said, uh, I really think that he doesn't imbue, like he's kind of like an all shucks got kid, but like Peter Parker's this smart, like nerdy tortured kid. He doesn't seem nerdy. He doesn't like he seems like he's more of a, like a, a I don't know he seems more like a, like ditzy than anything else um like oh my god like that's cool like you know like a, a nerdy guy doesn't really say he stuff like that He does seem more yeah you're right he does seem more of a ditzy a little more of a punk type uh I see what you're saying Yeah, yeah it doesn't it, he I mean that's what know, they're showing it, us so far right Like I think I would I would see Peter Parker's like this withdrawn kind of like timid guy that's like uh whatever and and i feel like this kid is just he's like he's just too much of a regular he doesn't look, looks like every kid he doesn't like he, he doesn't stand alone as peter parker where you'd be like oh i feel bad for that kid you're like oh that kid's like a cool kid like i wouldn't <laughs> fucking you know like you know what i mean yeah he doesn't seem like i don't know i feel like I have my own baggage with this whole movie, but I really think that I don't like they changed Spider-Man's costume. They changed everything about Spider-Man. They, he getting all of his tech from Tony, like the suit, everything, like changing all the story. And we were like, they have the balls to call this the Marvel Spider-Man. And they're changing it more than anybody else. And Sony did. Right, there's, a, so, there's a lot of Tony Stark in this trailer. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's not going to save the movie. I mean, for some people, it might save the movie. Some people might go there to watch Tony Stark because they love Robert Downey Jr. doing it, but I mean, look, I'm gonna watch this movie regardless. But I'm really not—I don't really have like a lot of uh, enthusiasm for this movie. I mean, I think it's, it looks acceptable, and I think it looks like it's done in the Marvel fashion, and it's done, you know, with the proper production value and the proper action and the sense of humor that Marvel films have. But all the Marvel films have them, so it's not like I'm getting something more. Then it feels like almost like they're taking a page from Deadpool. 
in how we like, you know, he's he's leaning awkwardly against the window. Like that's a Deadpool thing. Like it's I a mean, Deadpool thing. It's also very it's a very cartoony thing. It it reminded me a lot of the Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon and comic book. Like clearly they're they're inspired heavily by the ultimate Spider-Man version of Peter Parker, which I hate. Yes, which is the the Peter Parker who's perpetually in his teenage years. The largest part of the disconnect for me is that, and we, you guys, you know, we're all the same age. My Peter Parker was always the young adult Peter Parker that kind of had a job that was like go, go finishing up college, yeah. that had his own place. So that was the Peter like I grew up reading and loving. And when they when Bendis did create the ultimate. Spider-Man and kept Peter in high school as its own thing. I was older and I, I enjoyed it, but I was like, this is like a side thing. They're trying this side thing. Now that side it, thing it has kind of it was over. ultimate. It wasn't the actual Spider-Man. Right. Right. I see what you're saying. Well, you you have that definitive line. You're like, okay, this is not real Spider-Man. This is ultimate Spider-Man. This is another universe. Just like the ultimate Wolverine. We would never or the ultimate fantastic four. We would never like use those as the, as the character, the main character. Like you wouldn't, do you want to see the green goblin be that gigantic hulking, hulking beast with horns? Right. That's that the like, ultimate. Or would you version. rather see the actual green goblin, the real re- green goblin being done? That's, that's, that's a good question. I feel like they're going to continue to mush stuff together. what do you think of the, how the vulture looked? I thought the vulture looked pretty badass. I didn't mind the, uh, the flight suit helmet and the furry collar and his wings are very large. So it looked kind of impressive. I mean, look, the the vulture. If you actually did vulture from the comic books, it would look fucking ridiculous. It would look kind of weird. Yes, but um, I would like to have seen Michael Keaton at least shave his head. I don't know if that's necessary. I like his delivery. Like he seems sufficiently creepy and evil in the one line we hear him say. I think he's yeah. going to be like one of their best like movie villains. I really think that really? it's Michael I mean, Keaton. It's he's Keaton. amazing. Yeah, as long as they don't kill him in the end of it, like they do, and they uh, shouldn't kill him. No. Yeah, they should definitely Absolutely keep him open. Uh, what else? The, so the use of the MGMT song "Kids," I thought maybe a little bit too on the nose. Like this is this. So the domestic version of this trailer is definitely a the John Hughes teen movie. Like this is this generation's Spider-Man firmly in this MCU. Uh, and I did kind of enjoy like the uh, the Avengers masks and the little quippy, but it is it's almost like cartoony in a way. Yeah, you know, but it is Spider Man. It's Spider Man. It yeah, gotta it's gotta be cartoony. It's gotta be a little cartoony. It's very New York. I gotta say, it looks bloody. What do you think? Doesn't it look authentic New York to you? No, absolutely no. not. I can <laughs> tell they filmed it in Atlanta. They're not fooling. They did. They, they did. Um, they shot some of the stuff a, in. Uh, yeah, they did. A, a who was it? Some. Well, they were filming in my friend's neighborhood over in Queens. They yeah, they were yeah. up in Astoria and uh, uh, Forest. Well, where is it? Forest Hills. I think they were so, over there. So they shot some in New York. Yeah, they shot some. The rest is gonna be in a goddamn blue screen. You know, the Washington Monument. It's like, oh well. We're shooting in Georgia. We might as well just do it in Washington. What's the difference? <laughs> uh, that So, you know what else is weird? Here's, like, the way they're combining comic book elements. So, the kid, his best friend, played by, I think it's Joseph Badalon, is apparently he's playing Ned Leeds, but he looks like Genki, who is Miles Morales' best friend in the Spider-Man book. Yeah. Isn't that strange? I thought they changed it to Ned Lee. Was didn't they change that? No, like he no, was, they made him like Asian or something. The, I'm being the, serious. Like wasn't it like he was Korean? In on the on the cast listing IMDb, it's still Ned Leeds, and you see Zendaya as like uh just like a goth emo girl who calls them losers. Like that's I don't think that's Mary Jane. That's gotta no, be. No, that's, that's not. That's, that's, that's there's no way. 
She's going to say that my middle name is Michelle, and I go by that, but my my first name is Mary Jane. Mary, oh, She's going to dye her hair red. I'm telling you this. <laughs> this is they wouldn't. She wouldn't have put that picture out of her in the red hair, like kind of to shut everybody up. Uh, that that was a stupid PR move if they she did that. What do you think of the web wings? It was cool. Uh, I liked it. It's all right. I think it looks good. I think I don't uh, like that it's all. T- Tony Stark shit. There's so yeah. You know what? Is, you know what yeah. the thing is though. Not to yeah. cut you guys off, but no. I'm going to cut you guys off. Um, <laughs> the problem, and I think I said this online on your uh, Facebook page, is that there, we already had like five Spider-Man movies, and yes. the costume for me was perfect in the um, Amazing Spider-Man two, and they did everything. They did everything with Peter Parker, and they, some stuff they got right, some stuff they didn't. So now it's like, well, it's Marvel, and now they have to put their own stamp on it. Which it's like, all right, I get it. So I'm just like. You know, we got as Spider-Man fans, all three of us, we're yeah. getting screwed out of seeing the definitive Marvel Spider-Man because of all these other films, which yeah, sucks. Yeah, but I, thought, I was thinking about that. We're five movies in, and five. which they're not even close. Yeah, there was the closest one was Sam Raimi's, maybe. Yeah, the first I don't know. one. Yeah, the first one. I think yeah. they haven't really nailed it. So this is part of why I wasn't entirely blown away because it all seemed very familiar. I mean, even at the end where he's holding the fa- that's the Staten Island ferry where he's holding that together. It's like the Tobey Maguire shot from Spider-Man 2 with the train. Uh, I, I just, like, give us new visuals. Like, we've seen all this. But, but here's the thing. I got, I got a, an interesting theory. I just popped in my head. Okay. Do you know how um, Christopher Reeve Superman was, like, the definitive Superman for most people? Right. And since then, it's been so hard for them to get him right on screen. Do you think because he's such an iconic character? Like, Spider-Man, I think, is up there with Superman. Yeah. That it's like you have too many chefs in the kitchen. You know, and they're all trying to say, well, he's got to be this. He's got to be that. What do you guys think about that? I think that um, it, it's possible, but I think that Spider-Man's continuity has always been so crisp. Right. And Superman's has been a little dodgy. Like what happened with Superman is that he was invented by uh, these guys and then they revamped him a bunch of different times. And they added like all of this stuff to his history that had been added like like Krypton and all the other stuff, they, those are all added later, and all these things, like Luthor, all added later. Right. Um, Spider Man came from Stanley, and Stanley has been like steering that ship for a very long time before he passed the reins on. Right. So there was a definitive Spider Man. Yeah. Yeah. We all yeah. know who that Spider Man is. If you're under, I mean, if you're if you're like forty years old or thirty years old, you you know that Spider Man. You know the real Spider Man. And what's happened in the comic books, in the cartoons, in everything, there's just been a bastardization that's happened since, I would say, uh, Marvel was going out of business and they, they sold out. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and they've allowed Spider-Man to, to be co-opted and changed and and rebooted and, and he's becoming a mess. So when new kids go and start reading Spider-Man, they're reading the mess version of Spider-Man and they don't have any idea about this very controlled for like 30 years of Spider-Man, very controlled focused Spider-Man for, for a lot of people. They're not going to so, go back and, and pick that up and, you know, get caught up on the history. Uh, I, I do think the kids are going to eat this up. Like Holland, I think he's, he plays it really well for this Peter Parker, this version, because even in the comic books currently, we don't have a teenage Peter Parker Spider-Man. 
in the main Amazing Spider-Man, he's an adult. And in what was the ultimate, he got shot and killed. And now Miles Morales is in the main. So we have Miles Morales, half black Mexican Spider-Man, and we got an adult Peter Parker Spider-Man. Uh, I think the kids are going to love this. Like, it's really, it feels like this generation's Spider-Man. Now, the international trailer I want to discuss because it's really interesting how it's cut, like, completely different. There's a There's different music. It starts differently. It starts with shots from Civil War, reminding you, oh, this was Spider-Man from Civil War. There's more, they say Avengers a lot more. There's more Tony Stark. There's no high school scenes in the international trailer. It's all action and it's all, you see more Michael Keaton saying the world's changing and so do we. And, and you see the shocker. You see more Bokeem Woodbine as the shocker. So you got the tinker, and you also in both trailers you see a glimpse of Donald Glover, who I think is playing a bad guy because he seems. To they be- don't really, um, yeah, they don't really show that he's interested in Liz Allen, yeah, at all or no. any of that stuff in the international trailer. So clearly, yeah. the, um, the domestic trailer, they're like, look, this is a teen love story with a little bit of superhero action. Domestic trailer, they're like, remember Avengers? Remember Tony Stark? This is Avengers. Here, Iron Man's in this, and here's Spider Man, and it's action. Uh, it's very interesting, uh, the difference in trailers. Bloody, what do you think of the, the two different trailers? Uh, I think it speaks to the the language of film in foreign markets that, you know, I don't think a guy in India is going to get such like subtle references that they're showing in the uh, high school scenes right. that like we will, you know, right. if I can tell a quick story. Um, when I, I was in Chinatown a few, uh, when I was really young, not really young, I was like in my twenties, what the hell am I talking about? And we were like joking with this Chinese guy who were at like a store and he barely spoke English, but you know, me and my brother were really quick with jokes, really sarcastic. And he wasn't laughing at anything. Right. Yeah. And we're like working really hard trying to get this guy to laugh because we're idiots. And then we make this one obvious, like stereotypical like girl joke with big boobs oh big boob big boob and he was laughing (laughs) at it but it was like the most basic joke that i would never ever make but we just said it and he laughed at it and i know it sounds horrible and racist and i know i'm sorry asian americans (laughs) all over tony i'm sorry i love you um but it's i think it's just like i'm saying it's like they get the big they get the big brush strokes yeah better than we do like we like the subtle characterization yeah. so yeah. Well, well the easier thing to say is that we can't do inside jokes specific to every country in, right. in the movie right right so we have to make them very broad and very like low brow and very lowest common denominator yeah so that's what we're gonna get broad, you, st- broad strokes that's it they get the broad I, strokes i actually i kind of preferred the international trailer a little bit better did you guys have a pro- did you like one more than the other i like them as a whole i like them together I didn't yeah. like the song that they use. They're using a girl power song sung by like one of the Disney people. Wait, wait, in the domestic one? No, in the international oh, one. It's like a girl song. It's oh, a girl power song, like about girl. being confident. Oh, okay, that's interesting. Yeah, what's the the? I don't know. The girl who sings it is. Uh, See, I didn't recognize that Selena song. Gomez, the other one that's not Selena Gomez. Oh, the other one. <laughs> the other Selena Gomez. Oh shit! The other Selena Gomez. I didn't yeah, even recognize the, that. There's song. another one. I forgot what her name is, okay. but she's like the Selena Gomez, but she's like a little bit uh, thicker, I think. <laughs> so did you uh, did you like the international one better? Uh, I like the. I don't know. I, I feel like that you have to watch both to really. Get everything out of it. Yes, so. yeah. absolutely. The, the both together really gives you 
Uh, I mean, they showed a lot more than I thought they were going to show overall. And uh, as far as the views, it hasn't yet even been 24 hours as we record this. This has been out. I'm wondering if it'll beat the 81 million views in 24 hours. The Guardians did. But this is, I mean, this is a huge step for Sony and Marvel to uh, hopefully the next trailer does surprise me and kind of blows me away. But it was this was a good first trailer. I, yeah. I really wanted to like it more. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, you know what I wanted to say? What was really cool about the trailer was just the end shot of seeing Iron Man and Spider-Man like flying next to each other. That is great because it's like Marvel team up. Like this is yeah. another little team up movie. Uh, but I hope it doesn't undermine Spider-Man. Like, you know, the, instead of Spider-Man defeating the villain, like Iron Man just comes in last minute, takes the vulture out. And Spidey's like, hey, I have that. He's still, you know, obviously it's going to be a kid who makes mistakes. In the international trailer, I love the line where Tony's like, uh, you're not an Avenger, though. Don't think you are. You know, so he's trying to be a little bit responsible. Keep the kid out of trouble. Uh, I didn't. So did you see that teaser, that POV thing where with Happy Hogan, where he gets the suit, the upgrade suit from Tony Stark? Yeah. Yeah, I saw it. When does that take place? Is that like a flashback? Is that him getting his suit like during Civil War? Or is that I didn't an- get that, yeah. I didn't get that either because he had the um the his homemade costume weird. on, didn't he? Yes, he had his homemade costume on. I think that's when he goes to pick him up to bring him to wherever they are in Civil War. So there must be flashbacks in this movie because I think the scene you see in the car where he's you know, he thinks he's hugging him, he's opening the door, I think that's when he drops him off after yeah. going to that Germany. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense actually now that I think about it. I was just like, Definitely when does this happen? Yeah. Uh and then a little interesting bit of news that came out, Tom Holland revealed on a special Q and A on Facebook page that he secretly enrolled in a high school to prepare for Spider-Man. That's what he said. The coolest thing I think I did for the movie was I enrolled in a high school in New York, in the Bronx, as a secret. No one knew who I was or what I was doing in the Bronx, right? I had a fake name and a fake accent. I went to school for three days. It was really fun. It was really interesting because New York high schools are so different to schools that I went to in London. When I went to school, where I went to school, where you have to wear a suit and tie, and it's all boys. And for me, it was the first time that I was in a classroom with girls. It was a really strange experience. It was really fun. He says, I told one person. I told one kid at the school. I was like, hey, man, listen, I'm actually Spider-Man. He did not believe me. At the time, I hadn't made the movie, so I didn't have any pictures to show him to prove that I was Spider-Man. No one believed me, which is actually a good thing because it makes me think that Peter Parker went up in his high school and was like, I'm Spider-Man. Everyone would be like, nah, dude, no, you're not. That guy must have been like, yeah, go fuck yourself. You're Spider-Man, you fucking British asshole. <laughs> he probably went to the like a, like a high school in Riverdale. Riverdale's like the nicest part of the Bronx. Oh, with he like went a, to like... With like a security team. He went to the nice you know? part. Of, very like Cameron Crowe. Didn't Cameron Crowe go to high school to write uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High? I don't know. I'm not sure. There's a nice part of the Bronx? Yeah, believe it or not. Nice I've, I've worked up the there Bronx. plenty of times. Oh, shit. Oh, boy. Good for Tom Holland. Uh, a couple other Easter eggs I liked. You see uh, Howard Stark's face in the mural at one point in the background. And you see uh, Bruce Banner's picture in the science class with all like the scientists up above the, the chalkboard with like Einstein. And at the very end, you see uh, Mark Ruffalo and his Bruce Banner. So, I mean, this is this is Spidey in the MCU. And you're right, Ruggs. This is not our Spidey. This is the Spidey that's always going to be in high school, and they got him for three movies and three appearances, so he's gonna be playing teenage Spidey for quite a while. Do you guys? Yeah. Do you guys feel like I don't know? I don't know. Not to change the subject, but do you feel? Are you starting to feel the superhero movie fatigue a little bit? 
at all, or is it just me? Absolutely. I mean, you, you are, right? It's not just me? Because it's, it's not only the, the superhero movie fatigue, it's just this international market fatigue. It's like, what happened to those movies? Like, the, the, like I feel bad for anybody growing up now that they're getting all of this fucking watered-down bullshit, that they're not getting, like, legit, like, thought-provoking... Yes. No, ugly yeah. people to look at yes, you know yes. like everybody looks great and yes, acts okay yes and there's nothing like interesting about anything remember those days of with people with regular looking people in the movies but yeah. look this is to your point baladi and rugs you just said it perfectly like the other thing i kind of felt watching this trailer and i was like this seems really safe like the yeah. whole thing yeah. seems very packaged where's true romance and where's the true fight romances club. where's fight where, club where even like i think it's philip seymour hoffman who's like the schlubbiest guy, but who is in some of the most amazing deep character moving movies. Boogie Nights. Boogie where's, Nights. Where's, where's a new Boogie Nights? But you're right. It's where nothing. is the true romance? Where where is it? Uh, it's a, I don't know. It's a good point. Everything is so. Where's Pulp Fiction? Yes. There isn't another one. Only person who's making Pulp Fiction movies is, is Quentin Tarantino. Well, Tarantino. Like, things that are like edgy and cool and don't feature like fucking uh, Taylor Lautner with his abs sticking out like. Or whatever, Zach Efron now is the new Taylor Lautner. I agree. I mean, I kind of miss the 90s when you had these auteur filmmakers taking risks. Tarantino, what is he on? Eight movies? And he said, I'm doing two more. I'm going to 10. Yeah, he's doing westerns done. now. He's not even yeah. doing cool shit anymore. Yeah. But I'm, whatever. I, miss, I still like his movies. I, but look, you're, the, bo- the international box office, like you guys said, is driving a lot of this. So yes. not to pile on the superhero fatigue, but here's what we got coming next year. You ready? There's a, uh, this is the list of movies in 2017. The Lego Batman movie. I don't know if that counts. Are you guys into this? Le- Are you excited for the Lego Batman yes, movie at all? Very yes. Really? Lots of I yes. Enjoy- like you, it, it's a good. <laughs> I watched the Le- the other Lego yes, Batman yes. movie, and I told you it was awesome. You mean the it was just fun. a Lego movie with Batman in it? No, there was a Lego Batman movie already. Oh, I think it was maybe direct to video. I'm not sure. I, I saw that, but uh, it was very funny. It was very good. Well, they can have a lot of fun in the Lego universe and have a lot of inside jokes and make references to everything. I mean, I still hate Lego people. <laughs> I will never like Lego people. I really want Lego to change its people. Oh, you still like the design of the Lego? Yeah, and just come on, like update not- everything else. How come everything? Look, we live in a world where nothing is sacred. Spider-Man's not sacred. You could change everything about it, but you can't change the Lego design. The Lego is iconic, though. You can't change the Lego. So Spider-Man, but nobody has a problem with changing everything about but him. it's still Spider-Man. He's got red and webs and white eyes and a spider on his chest. He shoots webs. He sticks to walls. It's fucking so why Spider-Man. can't everybody not be bell-shaped? <laughs> They're all like big, wide trapezoid bodies. I think yeah, I know what I it like is. It. I think I know what it is, Rogues. I think when you're in high school, you asked a Lego girl out to out to the prom, and she turned you down, but she still had that stupid <laughs> smile on her face, and you never forgot it. Uh, Rogue boy, swapped. tits were painted on. Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna stuff you with Legos. You even have boobs. <laughs> they don't. She was painted boobs. There's just two lines. On her chest. I don't know what that's supposed to be. Okay, look, 2017, we got the Lego movie. You try going and getting a second base with a Lego girl. Okay? <laughs> they're all sucks. Oh, just, touch, just rub a table. That's what they're it's not. Like making love to IKEA furniture. <laughs> Lego Terrible. movie, and then we have Logan coming out, the third Wolverine movie that looks awesome. After that, Kong Skull Island. That looks great. Then Power Rangers. Then Ghost in the Shell. Then Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Alien Covenant coming out in May. They moved their date up. Pirates of the Caribbean 5, Wonder Woman, The Mummy, Transformers 5, Spider-Man Homecoming, 
War for the Planet of the Apes, Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets, Blade Runner, the Kingsman sequel, Thor Ragnarok, Justice League, and Star Wars Episode Eight. Geek Boner. This is all next year. This is all next calendar year. I think the bubble's going to burst next year. No, 2018 is worse. There's like 40 fucking tentpole movies, some being released like one week after the other. It's dangerous. Hollywood is playing a very dangerous game right now. Hey, they're going all in, man. They're like, let's fucking cash in now while the, the fucking Absolutely. before yeah. before Trump shuts down all the Chinese trade embargoes. Uh, yeah, before Trump before Trump makes China completely refuse anything from us. Yeah, but they're going to fucking cash in while they can. Next year in 2018, if it can survive that, that something is going to come out different because the bubble this is going to be so much shit. The bubble is going to burst. Yeah, yeah. all everything I read. I think we got two more. I think we got two more good years left before just too saturated and people just can't even absorb maybe, it anymore. Maybe that's what the good thing about Trump is going to be. Maybe he's going to ruin all of these fucking global markets so we could get back to like making movies that we understand and like. Oh, oh that would be awesome. Go Trump. I love you. Like all of a sudden, everybody doesn't want to talk to us and we can finally make movies that you know we that, like, like, that We're going to make our own fucking movies. Wow. You just may have found the one silver lining in uh, the next four years. We'll get, we'll get another on the waterfront. I cannot wait. <laughs> Very interesting. Santa Claus is coming. Okay. No, no, look, no, no, we, no more. Don't make it stop. We're going to wrap up the news segment with a couple of quick hits. Aquaman gets a release date. You're going to see Jason Momoa as the watery Aquaman uh, October 5th, 2018. So this did not have a release date. Uh, and uh, we're going to see him in Justice League next year. And then you're going to see him. As the Aquaman in 2018. October. Wow. Yeah. So that that I thought was interesting was to have an October release date. Nobody's done that. You know, uh, Marvel did the November with Doctor Strange, which it worked. But in October, like nobody releases a blockbuster in October, do they? It's weird. Yeah. But I mean, April became a month now to release blockbusters. And that was never... Deadpool. Didn't Deadpool come out in February? Deadpool, Deadpool did Valentine's Day and was it worked because there was nothing else. Yeah. Out. I think the studios are realizing that we need to spread this shit out and own the month and use the whole calendar instead of trying to squish things into the summer. Yeah. This high that was like 2000. Remember 2014 where like every big tentpole film came out in May and I was yeah, like yeah, in June yeah. I was like there's nothing out. Like what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. Spread it out. Uh, yeah. We got a bit of news concerning uh, Deadpool 2. And uh, it's that Ryan Reynolds and Simon Kinsberg explaining why Deadpool 2 won't be bigger. Now, you know, you you must have heard of the recent troubles they had. They lost Tim Miller. They lost Junkie XL. But they picked up John Wick director David Leach. Uh, and Ryan Reynolds uh, says the, the, the biggest mandate going into on the second film to not make it bigger. We have to resist the temptation to make it bigger in scale and scope which is normally what you do when you have a surprise hit movie. It has tonally and stylistically be as fresh and original. That's a big challenge, especially because they had 10 years to gestate on the first movie, and we don't have that kind of time on the second movie. Uh, They're just in the developmental stage, but we're about to move into production. Reynolds says he loves John Wick, and one of the things David Lynch does that very few filmmakers do these days is that they can make a movie on an ultra-tight, minimal budget and make it look like it was shot for 10 to 15 times what it costs. So I really like the pick of this director. 
And I like the fact that they're going to keep it small because you don't you the, the a, a good Deadpool story should be kind of like a small scale story. There's no need to make it huge. Well, the thing about Deadpool was that um, it was a, it was a small movie, and it was it had you know even though they edited a lot, I know they edited a lot of Ryan Reynolds out. Uh, the jokes were good; they were solid. Yeah. Everything was good, and, and and it was it was very well edited, and it, it, the tension of the comedy versus the action was very good. So it, they don't necessarily need to spend more money on effects. Right. They just got to make sure that it's funny and and it moves. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I know this guy who did John Wick is really good with action and is, he's good with um, choreography and staging things. So I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm thinking it, it could be good, but if the fatal mistake would be to be cliche. Yes. And uh, 22 Jump Street did the sequel movie. Yeah. There's a lot of movies who did like, this second comedy sequel is always like how it's a comedy sequel. That's a cliche. So they can't be that self-referential about it, it about being sequel. a sequel. Yeah, superhero sequels. I agree. I mean, you have the same screenwriters, Rhett Reese, Paul Wernick. So at least, you know, the writing and the jokes will be the same. Uh, and and hopefully we'll see more uh, action, like stunt action instead of CGI action, which will keep, like you said, keep the budget down. But I just read this article, actually, like right before we did the podcast with Tim Miller. And yeah. he wanted he's he pretty much came out and this is like today, like he debunked all those rumors that he wanted to make a bigger film. He said he wanted oh, to make snap. the same film and he didn't go into specifics as to why he left, but he just said he wanted to make the same film. And that huh. he said there were rumors that him and um, Ryan Reynolds were getting into it during the post-production process. And he said he was like nonchalant about it. He's like, uh, yeah, you know, it was a little stressful here and there, but you know, we all had a good time. It was a good crew. And then he said, I love, uh, what's his name from John Wick, the director What is Sheldon Leach. Is yeah, that his name? David, David Leach. Yeah. He's like, he's a great guy. I wish him all the huh. luck, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It was really weird. I, I'll send you the link, but it was yeah, uh, kind so of bizarre. I wonder, I wonder, I mean, I wonder why they sounds like damage control. Yeah. Maybe exactly he's bad, trying to try to save face a little bit. Cause I mean, the guy is going to want to work again. So he's going to be like, oh, no, I was cool. It was all cool. It was mutual. Yeah. Uh, it was great. Yeah. So no, that's uh, Deadpool 2, uh, I think, is uh, is in good hands. Moving on, uh, last week's DC's uh, Invasion crossover on the CW gave uh, the CW their best ratings in six years. Oh, shit. Uh, pretty good numbers, despite the fact that, as we discussed, maybe not the best written crossover. Lots of fun. Uh, Supergirl uh, had 2.36 million viewers. The Flash drew in 4 million viewers. Arrow drew in 3.5 million viewers. And Legends of Tomorrow brought in 3.3 million viewers, which is an all-time high for Legends of Tomorrow. Like the most All people. more than Supergirl. Wow. Yes. Coming off a major network, right? Wow. That's very interesting. But for CW, these are like huge ratings. Like if this was on the CBS, they'd be like, "You could take your three million viewers, and get the fuck out of here." CW was like, "This is great." So it got a lot of people watching uh, the uh, the crossovers, and I don't know if they're going to stick around. And we had the mid season finales this week, and we will get to those in a little bit. Bit the next uh, next bit, I just want to mention. Let uh, Luke Cage on Netflix. Marvel has given it. Season two confirmed. Geek boner. Body, did you see the Luke Cage? I saw up to um, the episode where Cottonmouth blows up the Chinese restaurant. I think it was. Oh yeah, that's like uh, the end of Halfway. three. 
Yeah. Or four. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that. And then I forgot what happened. And we just ended up not watching TV or that show for a while. We were watching other stuff, but I got to get back to it. I know it was, it was good. It was a really good series. I liked it a lot. It's really good. They, there's a uh, tweet I will put in the show notes, listener, jockandnerd.com slash 143. And it's, uh, it's pretty, it's cool. It's just like a it's a shot of Pop's barbershop and the camera pans down and there's a neon sign in the corner. It says season two coming soon. That lights up. I like the teaser. So, I think uh, we don't know when exactly, uh, but next year we're going to have Iron Fist and Defenders and possibly a Punisher. I don't know uh, if a Punisher is going to happen next year also, but they it's got It's happening a, now, actually. They got a season two. Yeah, it's shooting now, I guess. It's shooting now. Yeah. Did I tell you my Iron Fist story? No. I didn't tell you, you the Iron Fist story? Um, I got, uh, the Blacklist got slow for a couple of days, so I, I got sent over to work uh, on another job. Well, explain, and- explain to the listener what you do. Oh yeah, I I just assume everybody knows like exactly what I do. Uh, you got to repeat um, shit. I am a scenic artist, which means I paint sets for film movie and film movies. Well, that's the same thing. Film, television, and Broadway shows. <laughs> film movies. Um, I, and movies. That's such and a cool job, Bilotti. It's it's great. It has its ups and downs, like anything else in life. But that's the balance of the universe. Yeah. Um. So I do things like I paint the wall white. And then I, or I plaster a wall or I do fake brick or I do fake marble or I do blood stains or like, like, you know, uh, blood gushing out from That's a awesome. neck slice uh, and it goes awesome. over windows. I did that last season. So, um, I worked on movies like the amazing Spider-Man one and two men in black three, uh, America's got talent. And now I'm working on the blacklist starring yeah. Ultron himself, James Spader. Very popular show. Yes. So what the hell was I going with all this? Oh, so anyway, Iron Fist. so I got I got sent over to another job and I'm in the studios where they do the Marvel shows. And I didn't realize it because all these studios are connected out in, in, in uh, Greenpoint, Brooklyn. So I walk in and there's like a big security sign on our door with the, you know, the Marvel logo. And I was like, oh, I guess you get in this way. And we're walking through the set. And I think it was Luke Cage's of uh, the nightclub set. And I was like, what the fuck? Was, what the hell is this? And I'm walking and I see this giant cave set and that was Iron Fist because my friend Carlos got sent over to work there too. Like I said, we were slow, so everybody sort of found other work. And he was working on this big cave set that they were using for Iron Fist. And we go in there and I'm looking and a security guard came in at like 5.30 in the morning. He was in there just like, you guys can't be in here and like kicked us out. Like that's how strict they are. That at like 5 in the morning, there was a guy there kicking us out and they locked the doors and there's notes. There's like, uh, you know, signs all over the place, like no photos. You can't use your phone. If you're in the studio, it's total lockdown. It's insane. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they only, you know, you see set photos that they release all the time, but, uh, right on. They got a little cave set. That's cool. Uh, well, we're going to get to see it, uh, come early next uh, year on the Netflix. Uh, And I can't wait to see defenders. Yeah. Uh, and then, Finally, in the news section, uh, we talked about in the past couple episodes how Marvel is bringing the Inhumans to television. They're going to do, like, the first two episodes in IMAX. The series is co-financed by IMAX. It's going to follow the royal family with your Black Bolt, your Medusa. And speaking of Iron Fist, they have uh, got the showrunner, Scott Buck, from Iron Fist as the showrunner for the Inhumans, which I think is a very good sign. Because they must really like what he did on Iron Fist. I'm hoping it's good, right? And hopefully he can bring some of the Netflix, uh, uh, the Netflixiness of Marvel 
to network uh, Marvel TV show and, and elevate this in humans to be like way better Ooh. than Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Wow. I can't wait, honestly, for that. Are you a big Inhumans fan? Uh, no, I, I couldn't tell you anything about him. I just like Black Bolt. I think he's an awesome Black character. Bolt is awesome. I just want to see what they do with yes. it. If they go in a yeah. good direction or not. Make me love it is what I want them to do. Like Iron Man. Yeah. Do you remember when you guys first saw that? You yes. were kind of like, eh, I don't really like Iron Man, but they made you love it. That's yes. what I want. Yes, that's that's what they need to do. Uh, and so, you know, we talked about the Inhumans uh, body. This is going to air in IMAX as uh, 80 minutes pre- presentation. It's the first two episodes. It's going to screen in a thousand IMAX theaters across 74 countries. So if you add that kind of to the list of movies I read, like you could add Inhumans, even though it's going to be there for like a couple of days. But they're co- IMAX is co-financing this and they're going to shoot action, some of the action scenes on an IMAX camera for television, which I don't think that's been never been done before. And Scott Buck uh, was showrunner of Dexter. He worked on Six Feet Under, Rome. Uh, I think that's a great that's a great pick. So I'm very excited for this. See what they do. Like you said, it could be like another Guardians. I mean, there's no yeah, yeah absolutely. There's no uh, nobody has, who has like seriously like, who has real emotional attachment to the goddamn and humans. Nobody, like, no, nobody. nobody. You can do whatever you want to yeah. them. Yeah, exactly. It could be don't amazing. It could be yeah. Just don't give a shit. No one, no one's gonna care. Just like go fucking bananas, and there'll be less cooks in the kitchen. At least that's what I think. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, I do too. Right on. See, that's the thing. Like, if you're going to change something, change something that nobody likes. Right. Yes. Or that nobody cares about. Yeah, nobody cares about. Not like, Spider-Man. don't change something that people love. <laughs> I got to take a piss. Okay. This is a good time. Let's take a pause for some promos and we'll be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hi, I'm Aaron. And I'm Dustin. And we're two-thirds of Upchuck Theater, subjecting ourselves to the awful movies you think you still love. Remember that Travolta uh, classic? Remember that Christian Slater masterpiece? Yeah. No. <laughs> but we do, at our own expense. Oscar winners, these are not. But we try to have some fun to make ourselves feel better. So give us a listen at upchucktheater.podbean.com or on your favorite podcast aggregator. Or find us on Facebook, Twitter, and at upchucktheater.com. Thanks for listening, and please, keep the movie viewing nonsense to a minimum. Please. This is Phil. And this is Carrie. And we're hosting this cool podcast called Brokebot Mountain, a Westworld fan cast, all based on the HBO series Westworld. We had to do something. We were talking about it so much. We needed a venue for our crazy show theories. Yeah, not to mention your fanaticism, and I'm using that word lightly for Thandie Newton. Should we mention your less than healthy obsession with James Marsden? Shut up, Phil. Shutting up. So download us each week on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and SoundCloud, and listen to us beyond the range of possibilities. The Jock and Nerd Podcast. So you guys, I did something uh, last night that I've never done before. Can you guess what it is? Kissed your wife. Oh, shit. shit. That's not nice, Rugs. Uh, no, I made a trailer reaction video uh, you did. of me watching the Spider-Man Geek-Boner. video oh, I wanna watch that. for the first time. Well, if you want to watch it, I'll tell you where you can find it. You All you got to do is join our fan club on Patreon, jockanerd.com. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> Lame. I'm going to put it up there first for our patrons because it was okay. I kind of want to know what you guys think. If you are supporting us, thank you. Uh, this is our fan club listener. If you like the show, for as low as a dollar a month, 
you'll be helping us out and you get access to exclusive bonus content. There's always post shows. We have instant reaction audio to movies that we watch. Like we'll see a movie and we'll come out of the theater, record our instant thoughts. It'll go up on the Patreon. Last night I was feeling a little ambitious. I fired up the old OBS and I have the screen of the trailer beneath it. And you see me and you see me watching the trailer for like the very first time. That's hilarious. Right? So Listen, if yeah. you're not a patron, you got to be a patron. Yeah. You got to start doing it. Like if you've been listening to this show for like a year and you've been enjoying all of this bullshit that we've been doing. Contribute. Yeah, just, you know, it'll make us feel better. Even if it's like a buck or something, we'll be like, hey, someone cares. Yeah, you just got to scrounge, scrounge up it's some change. If you're on the fence, get the fuck off the fence. Because you could watch me watch the trailer and smile like a goddamn yeah, idiot. While I'll upload shit to that all the time. I'll do. I'll, if you And look, if you like it, if you guys see it on the Patreon, leave a comment in there. We'll do more. We'll put them up on our YouTube channel. Just visit jockinner.com slash Patreon. Consider joining the fan club. Okay, we're going to talk about um, some television that aired this week. And since we're doing that, I got to issue this. Let's spoil some shit, Batman. The, Whoa. the official Jockinerd. Someone just went up my ass. <laughs> that was, that's Whoa. the sound it makes when something goes up Rug Boy's slack hole. Yeah. That's exactly the sound it makes. That's the official spoiler alert because... This week we had a bunch of mid-season finales that aired and a and a pretty good episode of The Walking Dead. Uh Bilotti will join us for The Walking Dead episode. In the meantime, we're just gonna touch quickly on the superhero shows that had their mid-season finales. All right, Rugs? How's that sound? Go for it. Okay, let's start with Agents of Shield. Fourth season, episode eight, The Laws of Inferno Dynamics. This was kind of the conclusion of the whole Ghost Rider first half story arc. Yeah, I felt that this story took a long time to get to where it was. It really did. I didn't think we were going to have Ghost Rider for like eight episodes. Yeah, and the whole explanation of what was going on, it was kind of anticlimactic. And I was like, okay, it's this dude just want, got the book, and that was the big deal. Oh. Like, But uh, it did open a lot of new doors, yes. and I think it was very well done, well acted, well directed. Yeah. It just was uh, clunkily uh, plotted. Yes, to get to where they had to get to. What I didn't understand, though, is where did they go? Where did Robbie and his uncle go when Ada, like, zapped him? Like, what happened? I didn't understand what happened. Um, are they, Is he going to come back? Are they gone? Wait, what are you talking about? Remember, again? he gets in the box with him and he holds him. Oh, yeah, they put him back in the other dimension. So it would explode in some other dimension. But you can't kill Ghost Rider. Oh, so he'll make it back. Because they were like, yeah. I'm sure we'll see Robbie Reyes again. Gabriel Luna, yeah. great as Ghost Rider. I, I, I just thought it was funny. Like, he had two fucking spikes through him. And I was like, how come he's not dead? Why is he still talking? Well, he's got a demon that he doesn't does, die inside does of him. The, so, of course, the spirit of, makes him heal. A spirit of vengeance. We got to see Patriot in costume. It was an okay costume. It's all right. Yeah. It was like a Captain America light. And then yeah. the big thing being fucking Ada. <laughs> Ada has uh, quite an ulterior motive. She's replaced May with a goddamn LMD. Oh, shit. What's the what, what's the end game for that? I don't understand why she would do that. That's so weird. So like like because May because May it was it was weird that May didn't notice that she was a robot. So maybe May made her and then when? Well, the she, question is when did she replace May? At what point? Right away. So that I that's think. why May never caught on that she was a robot because May would yeah. have. May's not stupid. She would have figured out that uh, Ada uh, Ada was an LMD. Yeah. So there's some Ultron. He even says Ultron in it. I love how uh, the director's like, doesn't anybody remember Ultron? 
Like, she's got some Ultron shit going on. Uh, so the second half of the season, listener, they have titled the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. LMD. So how the first half was Ghost Rider, the second half will be about Ada and her fucking shit. So Ada's going to be the bad guy in this. next. Yeah, uh, that's pretty crazy. That was pretty good. It was a good twist. I didn't see that coming. They also announced this thing at the end of the episode. It's a six-part Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. spinoff about Yo-Yo Rodriguez. Uh, Elena Yo-Yo Rodriguez is going to become her own headliner following uh, this trailer invites viewers to witness Agent Yo-Yo's secret mission in an all-new six-part digital miniseries. And it's going to start December 13, and you can stream it on the ABC app as well as ABC.com, and it's called Slingshot. Uh, I kind of like this. I think this is a good idea to because it, it's not going to take a lot of money. It, they're probably short episodes. You don't have to worry. Probably like five minutes right? long or something. So you can test things and see how uh, the views are and how people – react and then bring it on uh that's kind of cool like we've seen the walking dead do it with the fear of the walking dead and the flight 462 i never watch any of those but yeah do it go ahead yeah okay uh it's gonna <laughs> it's gonna start natalia cordova buckley as yo-yo and uh yeah. there'll be other shield agents as well so she says uh, in an interview she said slingshot will explore yo-yo's adventures between season three and four. Oh, that's okay. interesting uh, in Slingshot, we're going to see a lot of her anger and her pain come out in regards to certain injustices that have been done to her and her family. But at the same time, she never loses her humanity. I like Yo-Yo. I think she's a great character. I like the girl playing her. Yeah, she's cool. Yeah. All right. That was good. Good Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, wrap up to the first season. Let's move on to The Flash. Uh, we're in the third season, episode nine, titled The Present. Uh, this, I thought, was also a, a, a pretty good midseason finale. Leaves you with another crazy twist at the end um it was cool to see uh jay garrick earth three and mark hamill as the trickster and see john wesley ship and mark hamill play those characters again like 30 years later like that's it was cute it's gotta be crazy you know, for them yeah i mean mark hamill looked really fucking crazy oh my god he looks he looked yeah really fucking weird <laughs> it looks insane i can't believe that was luke skywalker <laughs> right well, do you, I mean, boy luke just, has really let himself go people. Oh, shit. let me tell you once what <laughs> too many uh uh, Bantha burgers, maybe. Or, or meth. <laughs> meth makes you skinny, not the other way around. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but look, we had a lot of cool shit with uh, Savitar and kind of it, resolving and not resolving Savitar and uh, the fact that Julian had no idea he was Savitar. I liked the bit where they were interrogating him and he's kind of telling him their future and he's like, one shall betray, one shall fall, one will suffer a fate worse than death. Uh, but the weird part being they figured out they were going to throw the stone that kept Savitar back into the speed force to get rid of it, to kind of put it in. But that's actually the what he wanted him to do, is, isn't it? I Probably, because the minute he does that, he gets hit with a blast that, that sends him through a breach into the future and Barry sees Savitar killing Iris. Oh, shit. What the fuck? Every time he comes to a place and he sees another speedster just killing one of his loved ones. He just enabled <laughs> Savitar to go through time now. So, yeah, that was probably not a good idea to throw the fucking Philosopher's Stone into the Speed Force. Yeah, or Harry Potter. Or Harry Potter. Uh, and then it kind of ends on a nice, like, Christmassy moment with them. But he know, And that's like, it's five months from now. He's never traveled into the future. We're gonna. What's I don't know. I thought uh, that was that was that was pretty fun. I was like, what the shit is going on? I mean, like, like it's the same thing that's always happens. Uh, 
Barry ruins everybody's life, and then so does Arrow. Yes, it's like it's like this new theme that keeps popping up. It's like they're trying to do the Spider-Man uh, thing. They really tragedy, are, yeah. Try trying to make that with the good intentions, and they just fuck everything up. Let's yeah. let's get to the Arrow bit season finale. Uh, we're at fifth season episode nine. This one was titled "What We Leave Behind." Talk about Barry fucking up and killing people he's not supposed to. Oh boy, Prometheus has he's all over his shit, dude. Isn't it bad though, like that they exactly have the exact same storyline, like exactly the same foil? Yeah, like two guys they can't stop that that uh, that can get to them. Uh, and uh, I just I enjoyed how Prometheus was like always a step ahead. It was totally they both get tricked by them to fuck up even worse. Yes, they both get played to do what they want, which in the terms of Arrow, very fucking kills Felicity's boyfriend. Billy Malone because he just makes him dress up as Prometheus. I didn't like him anyway. So. No, poor John Ritter's son can't catch a break. But I was like, was that was that John Ritter's? Yeah, son? that was John Ritter. Tyler Ritter was John Ritter's son. Oh yeah. shit! Again, uh, that but that was pretty devastating because as soon as he hit him, I was like, oh, that's fucking Billy. There's no way Prometheus is letting himself get killed like that. I did love how he recreated the fucking scene from four years ago with like all the bodies in the same exact place. Uh, that was pretty deep. Like Prometheus has got everything on him. Who is Prometheus? I don't know. Is it Justin Claiborne's son? Like they're trying to make us think. I don't think so. Do you think? Who do you think it is? You think Dalhauer's friends theory from last episode is true? I think it's Tommy. You think it's right? Tommy Merlin back from the dead? Yeah. Could it not Everybody be? Everybody comes back from the yeah, dead. Nobody. Yeah. Nobody dies on Arrow. That's a good point. I mean, look. There's something going on with Laurel being back. Oh, right? yeah. And then at the very so end, a, she just shows up. So we know for a fact that people are changing the timeline and like just letting shit fucking change. Barry's changing it. The fucking guy from uh, Firestorm is changing it. Yeah. And uh, the fucking the Legion of Doom is over there changing shit. So many things have changed in the past. You you think that they were that all these things are going to ripple into reality at some point. I was kind of I was very excited that they revealed to see Laurel because you're right. Anything is possible now. The fact that Barry has changed so much, that everybody's changed so much shit, it's affecting all the shows. I kind of like that attention to detail that it is affecting the other shows. Um, I like the way, but that's probably not the reason. But I'm just saying just, that'd be the logical. Yeah, I like the way they uh, they incorporated like the the flashbacks from like the first season. Uh, you know, it, it was nice kind of remembering Felicity and Oliver's like the first time they met, they show it again. Was that it? Really? Yeah. I, th- I thought they, I thought they recreated it. I know it was actually, I, 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 she looked, she looked different. It looked like it was, they pulled the, the, the clips from the first season. Maybe they did recreate it. No, I don't think no. so. I doubt it. It was well done. I mean, that was the flashbacks for the episode instead of the flashbacks from Russia or whatever. Um, I wonder if it's somebody Prometheus is. You don't think it's uh, Slade Wilson? Is it somebody connected to Bratva? Is Laurel Lance connected to Bratva now that she shows up? I don't know. I don't know. I like Bra. I like Bratwurst. I like Bratwurst with sauerkraut. It's good barbecue yes. on the grill. Uh, and then finally, Legends of Tamari, uh, episode eight in the second season. This titled the Chicago Way. They had a lot of fun going back into 1920s Chicago. But I just thought it was hilarious that they couldn't stop like fat Italians with guns. I'm like, they're just fucking fat Italians Listen, with guns. N- never undermine a fat yeah. Italian. I, how is never. this a challenge? Tony Soprano was a fat Italian. A and look at what he did. It's a good point. These Goombas can hold up on their own. Yeah, that's right. I mean, they were like literally they're fighting guys with Tommy guns and uh, that's it. But the Legion of Doom 
was pretty dope being uh, Damien Dark, Eobard Thunder, Slash, and Malcolm Merlin. I miss the Malcolm Merlin. I love him. I love his snarkiness in this. Barrowman's great. He's always great. I like the Legion of Doom. They're okay. Um, Legends of Tomorrow is okay. Sometimes it's just so low budget sometimes. <laughs> it's just... That's the thing that bugs me about that show. Yeah. Like this show could be cool, yeah. but it's sometimes it's just so low budget. Then they give you that sneak preview of a uh, hunter. Oh being yeah, a director That's with an American how, yeah. accent. Yes, that was that was weird. It looked horrible. You're right though. But what? So that was weird. He doesn't have an accent, and he's filming like a show based on the Legends of Tomorrow. He's a director. What the fuck is Rip Hunter doing? Uh, I did enjoy seeing Leonard Snart again, even though it was a hallucination. He was so snarty. It was great. Yeah. He's like, I can't believe you're still here, Mick. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you being Mick. a cowboy? <laughs> Look at nah. uh, Boy Scout Mick. Uh, nah. Turn the line. <laughs> That's what he sounds like. That's what he sounds like. But I just wish that uh, Legends had a little bit more uh, production value. Yeah, it could use, and, it could uh, use a little it, bit it, more money. It's just like a bad like Doctor Who with superheroes. Doctor in it. Who cares? Fun show though. It's always it's just it's entertaining. It's fun, but it's fun. It, it's fun, but like it's also embarrassing to watch around other yeah, people. You're like it's I can't. So bad. Okay. Like if I'm watching, like for example, <laughs> if I'm watching Agents of Shield, yeah. that's the most watchable show around people who don't watch those shows because there's something compelling about the the acting yeah. and the direction and the production value. Yes. Um, anything else? Maybe. The Flash is watchable for people who who don't normally watch it, but everything else, like Arrow, the value of it and the, the quality of it isn't great. And Legend of Tomorrow is deplorable. That is, it is kind of like you're you don't want anyone to see you. I think Arrow is doing a lot better this season. I'm really, I do kind of enjoy this season. Yeah, but they really need to. They should be the best show. It should, it be. should be. Yes, it's they're trying. See what happened is Arrow is not supposed to be like. He's supposed to be like a ninja. Like he's not supposed to be like taking on guys with guns and like going up against people. Like it's just ridiculous that all these guys with machine guns can't fucking seem to hit him. <laughs> like he's supposed to be a stealth guy that sneaks Absolutely. up on people. Absolutely. And that's it. And like not doesn't take on the big team. You know, and now he's got all these guys that are like rookies and he's going out with these guys and these guys should be getting shot. The only person who gets shot is fucking is, is John, is Diggle. Oh yeah. Diggle's the big target. It continues. Arrow's the show. I just, it's hilarious. The worst shooting guys ever. Nobody has any aim. And that whole, like, Mr. Terrific Curtis storyline, it was like a completely different thing. I don't know what was going on there. Like, he's like, it's either me or a hero. And he leaves. And then he tells Felicity, and she doesn't even bat an eyelash. (laughs) He just broke the news to to his significant other. Whatever. Yeah. He didn't care. <laughs> Whatever. Okay, so let's move on. Uh, Walking Dead. Let's la- get John back in All the right, Bilotti, Bilotti, you can come back in now. This uh, week's episode. Hi, hi Walking Dead. Hey. Remember? Hey, Bilotti's still here. Remember? Hey guys. Uh, he, had a, he had a nap while we were talking about these shows. <laughs> it was this, a good one, too. You were in it. Naked. <laughs> and you were there? And you were Now, there. you don't watch these shows, Bilotti, because you say that. They're too the the production value is too bad, right? Yeah, I can't I can't do it. Now that I work in TV full time, I just yeah. see the sets and I see the locations and I see the bad acting. I just see too much. I see like the Matrix. Remember when Neo became like one with the Matrix and he saw the, the numbers? Yeah, yeah. 
that's how I see these TV shows now. Well, it it's makes bad. sense that now, you know, you having uh, experience from behind the scenes that th- this would stick out everything you watch. Everything. You know, it's you're going to be looking at the sets and the quality and the and the production. And yeah, it's not the best. Like Legends has like a fucking cardboard walls in their spaceship. Uh, that I think they just spray painted with some cardboard. I like when they do any fight scene and anybody gets thrown up against any wall, like the wall shape. The whole thing shape. <laughs> like the yeah. honeymooners used to do that. It's like a yeah. fucking Ralph Ed, slammed the door. It's like an Ed Wood movie sometimes. <laughs> just a tomorrow. Oh, Remember when they? I, I've already talked about this a thousand times. But when they had the suits that were turned inside out, and that was like a that was the that fashion, was the, future the fashion of the future. <laughs> yeah. Their fashion sense really hasn't. I mean, the costumes are so like, uh, oh my god, holly, uh, uh, Halloweeny. Anyways, fuck that. Walking Dead. This is not the midseason finale that aired. It's the this the episode before the midseason finale. It's the penultimate. The pen, but it's penultimate is second to last. So this is like semi pen mid penultimate. That's a bullshit. You can't use that. This is the episode before the stupid midseason finale called "Sing Me a Song," uh, where we got a lot of uh, Carl and Negan. Uh, situations that were really right from the comic book, which was really cool to see, and they did it well. Uh, Bilotti, before we begin, what do you think of the season so far of Walking Dead? Uh, after the uh, um, the season premiere, I kind of just, I don't know, I've lost a little bit of interest. Six million um, people think, lost interest also. Yeah, that's, yeah, overall. That's a huge drop. I mean, yeah. for sh- I mean, for a show like that, I mean, they still have the numbers, plus with DVR and digital sales and all that stuff, but that's a hell of a drop. And the problem, I think you guys talked about it too, is just like you start off so strong and then what The Walking Dead does, which has been infuriating me since I watched the show, is that they never follow up right away. No, it's like they don't weeks. give it to you. Yeah, they give you blue balls. I'm so sick yes. of it. Yes. So this episode, I feel like the some of the stuff they had been setting up, we kind of got to see a little bit of payoff. Rugs, what did you think? Did you think this was a better episode overall in terms of pacing and how it wasn't just one storyline they were following? No, I thought it was better. I think it, it's... At least interesting to watch something that's an essential story. Yeah. You know, the main story yeah. is Negan's story. Yeah. So we got some kind of movement on it. Now, it wasn't a lot. It wasn't, like, satisfying, but there was some movement, okay? I knew that Carl wasn't going to fucking kill Negan. And I, I'm i like, he's sitting there with the machine gun. He doesn't do anything. He uh, only kills, I like, mean, two people, and then he's like, where's Negan? Yeah, and that's basically it. But um, you see that Rick is... Trying, he's at that place with the moat, and he's got to go across. Yeah, you see, uh, you know, Rosita gets the uh, the bullet made yeah. and yells at Eugene. Yeah. Be a man. I think they're gonna, I think they're gonna fuck. That's my that's oh, my prediction. Oh really? Oh boy. Yeah. Okay. I think they're gonna fuck because uh, you don't either. Someone's gonna either Rosita's gonna die or they're gonna fuck. One of those two, or maybe both. <laughs> um. Then also, uh, what else happens? Uh, there's something else that I'm missing. Jesus. Well, there was- oh, Jesus was in for like two oh, seconds. Oh, no, no. Uh, Michonne, Michonne captures one of those yeah. people and goes back she, to- She uh, builds a little walker. Negan, uh, Negan camp. Yeah, yeah, she steals a truck. I mean, I love that there were there was like seven different plots that, that was jumping around. I thought it really improved like the pacing of the show in terms of where- how It helps get things moving. Yes. You know? yes. Now, this is the part where I don't like it. Um, when they, when they establish Negan 
for some reason, when you see it on screen and you don't read it in the comic book, it doesn't work as well. Yeah. Um, especially his his rule over these people, like, like um, that's crazy. If I was yeah. if I was a part of that group, I would have already like mutinied this fucking yeah, you guy. Take him out already. Be like this fucking guy. Yeah. The, yeah. yeah like, I these people. There, uh, there would have been a mutiny like the next day. After he was starting his bullshit, yeah, but you're gonna get a hot iron to the face, is what happens. Yeah, but yeah, but if you're a mutiny, if you're in a mutiny, you have everybody with you. Like all of these guys are. How many people has he ironed to the face? All right, how many people has he done shit to? These people, you know, at some point they're gonna turn on him. Yeah, and Dwight, you know, Dwight kind of is going to be that guy. But man, that scene was right from the comics. The whole lot of the dialogue between Negan and Carl was right from the comics. I'll tell you what did work in the comics and in the episode is the part where he makes him take off his, his eye gouge, his eye patch. And just like it, that was disturbing in the book and in, in the, in the show, it was equally disturbing though. His reaction to it was so great. And then you see Carl kind of break down. Now the problem I have with Carl is why it worked better in the comic is Carl was legit like 10 years old at that point. Carl's a lot older going through the same thing, you know, that I don't know if it holds up him being the big guy and being the guy to stand up against Negan. It was really kind of a weak effort, uh, you know, with him sneaking, getting off the truck. But and why would Negan just kill this dude right away? Like he's Negan has killed people for way less. And he doesn't do shit to Carl. It doesn't make sense. I I know. I, I know. What do you rugs? What you said, like. Is exactly what I've been feeling about Negan. Like he's so goofy. Like I've worked for diff- many different people in my business, and the people that like yell at the tyrants are tyrants, and you know they're a tyrant, and they have a rule over like the crew. And then there's like the people that are laid back and like, yeah, all right, yeah, we'll go work or whatever. And Negan is like, he's just too goofy. Like he's not a tyrant at all. So I don't know where the threat's coming from. Yeah, like you'd think that it feels like he doesn't. Like this is the this is the thing that my theory is if I was Negan, yeah. right? Yeah. I would have a close knit group of people that are always on my side backing me up. Yes, he's sauntering around, and anybody could take him out. Yeah, you need like your your group. your capos or your captains or your fr- yeah. Your, uh, you your, always are surrounded by your your boys, bodyguards, like like big biker bodyguards, you know, with leather jackets. <laughs> yeah. So you didn't buy. You didn't buy. If with, I was Dwight. I would have taken. What's stopping Dwight from taking? He's just. He's right there yeah, all the yeah. time. What do you think? All of these. Uh, these whores are going to jump in front of him, like to protect him. No, they're going to be like, "Fuck, he's fucking us against our will." And fucking you know? Negan really shits on Dwight, and t- like he doesn't let him forget that. Hey, by the way, I'm fucking your wife. Let's not forget she's uh, yeah, one of my. I would have fucking killed him already. Holy shit! But Dwight got eye iron to the face. That part was also disturbing, uh, just as disturbing in the comic books. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, so they're humanizing Negan. Like it's fun to spend time with him and to see other sides of him. But then at the end, it gets really goofy. There's like a musical montage, and Carl's giving him a tour of Alexandria, and then he's holding Judith. Uh, it's just really weird. And he wants to. He offers to uh, sex up Olivia, which I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> it was kind of funny. I will yeah. admit that whole end scene where he's in Alexandria. Yeah, and he's the way he's. Um, when she smacks him and what he says, and then when he's turning on the faucet, it was kind of funny and he does make me laugh, but I just don't see the threat. You know, yeah, it's just yeah. this like this tall, skinny dude yeah. who's acts who just acts really goofy and, and jokey. 
And people and are like, afraid sure. of him for some reason. Yeah, like when he's with Carl up on like on that like um, that catwalk, and he goes, "Now watch this," and he's like says all this stuff to his people and whatever. And then he's like, "Did you see that?" And he's laughing. I'm like, "Well, do his people see him laughing at them? Like, doesn't that piss them off? I don't know. It just seems kind of bizarre to me." We need an up uh, a revolt, and also like Jeffrey Dean Morgan, great as Negan, but his rhythm of delivery is starting to just be too much the same thing over and over again. Yeah. It's um, it's too cartoony. It's a little yes. cartoony. It's a little too over the top. Whereas the governor did seem a little more realistic. Like they took the governor from the comic books that was way over the top and cartoony, and made him more realistic. But they took straight Megan from the comic books and put him right in the show. Yeah, but I mean, just saying the lines and how you say them is two different things. Yeah. Right? yeah. Just because he's saying the lines doesn't mean he's true to the comic book. Like, in your mind, you're reading what the dialogue sounds like. In your head, yeah. yeah in yes, the, in it's the... not like necessarily, I wouldn't have probably put it in that characterization. No, I don't know. I, I mean, I kind of thought that's what Negan w- would sound like from reading the books. But, like, it's so, his rhythm is so pat now. Like, it's so, like, he does the little dip and the swagger. And, like, the rhythm of the lines is the same. Like, I know how he's going to say stuff. And I don't want to have to know that already. Because, uh, you know, I want to be surprised. Yeah, it's like Fonzie or something. Right. Yeah, he kind of is. He goes, shit. Oh, shit. Like the fucking Fonz. He is the fucking Fonz of the, the, the uh, zombie apocalypse. That's like, what it oh. is. Like, oh, shit. I just, oh, my God. Next episode, he's going to go and, like, find the jukebox and be like, hey, kid, check this out. And he hits the They're going to go into the bathroom and have a conversation. <laughs> he's going to be like, step just, into my you, office. That's what it is. Totally it's Fonzie. It. Yeah. Yeah, he's Fonzie. You totally just fucking nailed it right on the head. I couldn't, I could not put into words what it is, and that's it. It's Fonzie. That's why you, you know, can't Fonz, it. like he looks at everybody and they all stop what they're doing. Right? Yes. Oh my god, he's just doing Henry Winkler. Oh, oh. that is the funniest shit. Do you remember? Ever. Like, Lame. You remember the Fonz would go in and he hit the jukebox and yeah. his favorite song would go on. So like yeah. Negan walks into like like into like a car and he just hits the engine of the car and it just turns on. <laughs> you know what? This <laughs> confirms our theory. It ties into what we said. I think it was last episode is was the episode where Negan showed up the episode. They jumped the shark, which is a saying that was developed by Fonzie on happy days. It's all connected people. Wow. It's all connected. All connect. We're a holistic uh, critics. It's fucking Fonzie. Well, I'll tell you what the ratings finally went up a tick for the first time this season with this. Now that's pretty bad when uh, it, uh, six weeks straight, your ratings are dropping every week. And the seventh week, it just barely, it doesn't go down. It just goes up a little bit. So it might as well be even. Like, that's not good. It's not a good sign. I think that Howard Stern helped out. What do you mean? In that. What do you do? Because um, Harry Dean Morgan, or whatever his name is, was on Howard Stern last week. Oh. And, and, and they really pushed it. So, and you know, Howard's got at least 20 million people listening. So he can, he can change the show for, a little well, bit this, like that. This was the difference. Like last week, it was 10.4 million viewers. This week, 10.48 million viewers. Yeah. So just well, a little. It didn't lose. It didn't lose viewers for the first time this season. So yeah. maybe. So then we have a, uh, a 90 second, 90 second, really short episode. 90 minute season finale this week of The Walking Dead, which we will discuss next week. 
But I think at least something started happening. At least they stopped that one storyline and episode. Like, we haven't seen Carol for like five weeks. Like, what the fuck has she been doing? Where's Carol and Morgan? They're still there? She's living in that house out on the outskirts of the kingdom. But what what are they doing? There's like main characters that we haven't seen for weeks. But that's the problem, I think, is that you had this traumatic thing happen to uh, the whole group with losing Glenn and Abraham. Yeah. And then they just. Like what right to Negan and you didn't even get a chance to see Rick grieve or anything or no, anybody right. really grieve. You're right. You know what though? I, I, I there is an observation I have with the show. It's yeah. it's been so grounded for so long. And then you have this character Negan and all these little like uh medieval type of communities. And if you look at like all right, if the world really did end, I think shit like this would happen. Yeah. You know, like there would be little communities and tyrants and so- little sovereign areas of people Absolutely. ruling. You know, so but the problem with Negan is he's so over the top compared to what's been like established in that universe already. I mean, I agree. I agree though, but I think Negan's is just one component. I think it's the, the blue balls like, uh, um, and inconsistency of the show, focusing on different things, uh, slowing down the plot and decompressing everything. Yeah. You take all that. And then on top of that, you have now, you're you're putting this cartoony spit on it that's never been there before. So it's like a lot of things are knocking it off the rails right now. Yeah, it's a good observation. It was just like too many things happening at the same time. And they're like, now we got to use the Negan and uh, they're trolling their audience. And I don't think they care about the ratings. They're going to continue to do. Look, if all of this at least is leading to something fucking crazy by the end of the season, I can forgive a lot of it. You know, give me a good payoff for this. Uh, we'll see what happens. We'll you know. see what happens. I was just going to add one more thing. It always begs the question is, if it's exactly like the comic, does that mean it's good? No, the, I think the thing they do well it, is that they uh, they play with incorporating iconic comic scenes that you want to see, but they also do their own thing at the same time, wherein it doesn't really spoil you reading the comic book. But they, the weird thing is they caught up so quickly to where they are in the comic book now, which has right. taken them like 12 years to get to. They caught up uh, uh, very quickly, and I think that's problematic because, well, you got to do it because uh, Carl is getting but older. But they skipped a lot of the comic they book They did. Stuff, they skipped though. a whole winter season uh, between episodes that was in the comic book at one point. So they jumped ahead. And the problem also happens with Carl because Carl... A lot of this stuff works if he is like 10 or 11, but he's like so old now that uh, some of it isn't uh, as meaningful as it should be. So who's got the death sentence, do you think? Uh, look, someone is going to die, obviously, if not more than one person. Maybe your guess of Rosita is right. You know, we had the rumors yeah. of Carl joining college, but that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to leave. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, know. They- I think Spencer's going to get it. Uh, I don't like Spencer. I really don't like him. There's something I think, good. I think he's going to get like it. Spencer. Uh, he should get he it. He should get it. Get it right up the slack hole. Uh, that's Absolutely. fine. Uh, if they even, we said, even if they do kill Carl, I think they got to do something ballsy. They killed, you know, they killed Glenn, which was ballsy, but that was also like comic book. Then they killed Abraham, which was like, nobody give a shit about Abraham. I mean, they liked him, but it wasn't like a huge main character. They, I don't know how much longer they can go on. There's going to be a, a season eight. We know that for certain. Uh, but I think they got to get ballsy. And maybe you do kill the Carl. Because Carl's getting too old, man. Coral. Coral. 
Coral. His eye socket is just disturbing also. Like he wanted to put his finger in it. Like that's just, this, it's raw. I can't look at that. I don't like it, but yeah. Coral. I like, he's like, don't put that shit back on. You look badass, kid. I like, yeah. I like the bad CGI. Did you see the bad CGI? On, on his, his eye, eye, right? That's uh, yeah, yeah, his eye socket. It was, it was moving. Yeah, it was bizarre. Oh, it was like a, the mask was like floating. It looked like Green Lantern's mask from the movie. <laughs> Not that. The bad. less said about that movie, the better. <laughs> Thank you. Not that bad. All right. That's, yeah. uh, that'll wrap up our TV discussion. Uh, Bilotti, you had, uh, I wanted to find out about, listener, if you don't know, John Bilotti is an amazing artist. Uh, you can visit Robo7.com to see his awesome illustrator vector artwork. You do a lot of Godzilla artwork, and you go to a lot of conventions and sell your work. And, the, the you know, the experience from the other side of the table for me is always interesting because you see a lot of shit when you sit at a table for a couple of days in these comic book conventions, don't you? You see so much. It's ridiculous. What are what are your observations? What are Specifically, you, had, uh, you wanted to talk about the cosplay scene that's going on. Uh, at the moment in convention. So I did this show called WinterCon okay. over in um, Resorts World Casino in Queens. And yeah. it was a good show. I'm not going to lie. I had a great time. I made money and I met a lot of new people. And I met uh, this guy, uh, Andrew, who I'm friends with on Instagram, who loves my work. And he actually said he geeked out when he met me and he was actually nervous to talk to me. Oh, that's so cute. It wasn't that crazy. I was like, <laughs> me? I was wow. like, yeah. And I was, and he was like, Oh yeah, and my friends back in LA were like, "Oh my god, if you meet him, take a photo and blah blah." Awesome. And they were all excited. And he's building like, a fan base, man. That's that's awesome. That's what you want. That was probably the best thing to come of it, honestly. And I was like, "Look, man, I'm just a fan from Staten Island, New York. You know, I'm just a guy. I'm just a normal guy like you. You know, I like baseball and girls and whatever." Um, <laughs> it was that, just weird, it, um, but it was exciting. A, a great feeling and to a, keep you motivated. Yeah, oh, I've been on a high all week, and uh, you know I'm going to do uh, the East Coast. I think I'm going to do the East Coast Comic Con coming up in um, late April. Um, but yeah, you see a lot of weird stuff. Um, you see a lot of good stuff too. I can't discredit that. But uh, my cos- <laughs> cosplay observations. So this show had a, a very big cosplay presence in it. Okay, and there was this <laughs> this kid dressed up in a really good Spider Man costume. Okay, like to- the new one, Tom Holland Spider Man. No, no, it was it was it looked more like the Gar- Andrew Garfield okay. Spider Man. Cool. And uh, so he's hanging out next to my table, and there's like a Pokemon kid, and they're talking about the Spider Man game. And <laughs> so this kid in the Spidey costume is like going on about how the new Spider Man game has to be, you know, the way the uh, what was that original Spider Man Sam Raimi game that came out yeah. that yeah, everybody yeah. went crazy over Part Two, I think. It yeah, Spider Man Two is great. Yes, yeah, I even so played that. Yeah, he's talking about that, and apparently it was easy to swing or something on on the with with the webs. And he's like, and this is I quote: "He's like, if they don't bring back um, the easy swing uh, controls, yeah. I'm gonna riot in the street." And oh. he's screaming this next to my table. Oh my god! <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm thinking like, wow, these kids are just this is it. Like I saw, I saw the detachment from society from reality. From reality, yes, that's the better word. From reality, exactly, and the fact that like he's going to ride over that, but not because of like I don't know a Donald Trump presidency or nobody cares, nobody cares, or or like the growth hormones that are in dairy that he's consuming every day. I mean, that's really what you're going to ride about. Hey, I like my man boob. <laughs> Who doesn't? I, I like when women get mustaches at four. 
I mean, we look, just look at Black Friday. Like, this is what you people are willing to stay in an all line and, and fight and, and trample people over is to get a fucking discount. Yeah. So we've learned that people at comic conventions are idiots. Okay. <laughs> and detach, <laughs> detach from reality. Yes. Well, they were walking around in Spider Man costumes. Some of them were amazing. I got, there was some, uh, actually, I want to just draw Spider Man because the photos that these kids were taking were amazing. There's a black costume in the, classic costume um the other so i go into the restroom during the show and there's like a big big black dude dressed up as blade and he's got like the um you know the blades that he throws like they're like the ones that he like spins around in his fingers and he throws them and they like they're like boomerangs almost yeah yeah so he has like those but he has he's got a radio in the bathroom and he's blasting techno music while posing in the mirror and i was like (laughs) I got to just piss and get out of here as quick oh as I can. God. There's some weird shit that's, shit's about to go down in here. How big is that convention? Was it a big one? Uh, it wasn't that big. It was probably the size of, I'm trying to think, the bathrooms at the Javits. No, it was uh, <laughs> the Javits is the big convention center. Well, sometimes in- the smaller ones are better because they're not so overcrowded. I mean, G-Fest, yeah. G-Fest was, was fun. It wasn't like crazy crowded. And, uh, you know, you feel like you, you see everyone. Was it the size of G-Fest? Yes, that's, yes it was okay. the exact size of G-Fest. Shout out to Nick Shev also, uh, who's on the G-Fest episode, Jock and Nerd 118. You can uh, meet him. And uh, what's up, Nick? I know he listens, maybe, still. Hi, Nick. Um, Hi, Nick. So, yeah, I mean, we've said, like, are these conventions, is the, are people buying stuff? How how has the reaction been? Are people, are they just there to be seen in their in their costumes? It's more of that, but... I got to say, I people were buying my stuff more than most people around me. Right and, on. And uh, it's really just because people don't have access to Godzilla stuff like they do Star Wars or Marvel characters. So, ah. of course, they're going to spend money on my stuff. And I get that. That's so, great. It's unique. It sets you apart from uh, probably everybody else there. Yeah. And honestly, there was a lot of really talented artists there. You know, I was like, I was happy to see that, that there was like some talent out there, you know, which is good because you need all different kinds of talents to uh, yeah. keep everything moving, so to speak. But it was a good crowd. Um, just really nice people, you know, really nice people. I picked up a bunch of old back issues, which I never do for dirt cheap, which was great. Um, is this the end of the uh, con season for you or you got another one coming up? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think this is the last real. Yeah, it's December. It's yeah, going to be the yeah. end for it. Um, but yeah, I got the next one. I got to get my table for East Coast Comic Con. I think I'm going to do it next in New Jersey, which is end of April. And then there's Chiller Theater, which is in March, I think it is. But I don't know if I'm doing that. And then I want to do uh, Eternal Con, which is in Long Island. Mega Con and then G-Fest. So that looks like that's my tentative schedule for right now. I mean that's a lot of work too, working these cons. But like this is your this is your source of income. This is probably where you sell the most shit. Like this is how you're gonna get seen. And uh, I gotta give props to you guys that that do the the convention scene. It's not easy to keep it going, and it can be draining. I know, very draining. I think G Fest. I was exhausted when I got back, and MegaCon. And in fact, I remember when the day I got back was on Memorial Day from MegaCon, and that's like their New York Comic Con. It's like four days of fucking chaos in Damn. Orlando. And then a shout out to my buddy Humphrey Ching, who hooked me up with um, everything down in Orlando. He let me stay at his place. He's a really good artist. You should check out his work. I can tell you, it was great seeing you this summer in Chicago. Like, it was just crazy to, like, see you in person after having you on the show via the internet. Uh, we had a great time. Definitely, uh, Rugboy, you got to make it out. 
to Chicago G Fest next year. We should all hang Yeah, out. I would like to go to G Fest. Yeah, I, I may try to. I, if they let me back in, I don't know if they will. <laughs> I will try not to break anything. I, I might break a lot of you shit. Might, but you might end up breaking a lot more, more stuff. More than you. <laughs> I wonder if they'll remember next year. And I have less money. <laughs> they'll remember. It's a small con. It's, it's very- a small <laughs> family. They'll be like, oh, you're the asshole that broke the yeah. thing. I remember. All right. Well, thanks for all that, Bilotti. Look, we got a, a little bit of feedback, and we're going to wrap up the show. Uh, so listener Adam Morris reached out to us on Twitter regarding a comment uh, Matt the Delhauer kind of made last episode. We were talking about that uh, China may have tons of superhumans, that they were testing on superhumans, that the CIA know about this, these secret government projects. Do people exist with superhuman facilities? And Matt Delhauer just kind of offhandedly goes, look, these scientific uh, uh, tests, they have to say the result they got is what they got or they'll lose their funding. Well, it touched the nerve. In one listener, Adam Morris, who I believe is a scientist, he wrote, he goes, uh, at Jock and Nerdcast, scientists often don't find what we expect and publish it. Just as valuable as uh, finding a result. Your guest was wrong, FYI. He says, I study polar bears in the Arctic, so we get accused of all kinds of ridiculous things like fabricating climate change to keep our jobs. And he says, I love the show, and it was a free-flowing discussion. I just wanted to put my perspective from this side of things. Keep it up, boys. Uh, he's on Twitter at Adam D. Morris. I really appreciate him listening and like chiming in. This dude, though, he legit, he studies polar bears in the fucking Arctic. Like he is a scientist who loves comic books. And I kind of like was tweeting back and forth. And he said, I got into comic books because a lot of the heroes were scientists. So he's like us, only way smarter. Oh, shit. Like he loves all this stuff. And he, he's love co- science. He's an actual scientist. So. For Adam Morris, I pulled a very special clip for him. Yellow. Homer, there's a man here who thinks he can help you. Batman? No, he's a scientist. Batman's a scientist. It's not Batman. That's for you, Adam Morris. Thanks for uh, tweeting and listening. And uh, keep up the important work up in the cold Arctic. We got scientists listening to us. That's right. This dude's a legit scientist. Like, what do you think, like, the weirdest kind of guy that listens, like, or, like, the most unbelievable kind of guy? Do you think, like, the, like, the, like a, a congressman listens to us? Just, like, yeah, who would be someone who's... Like n- a closet, like, congressman? Well, it's quite, it's possible because, like we said, the, you know, the, 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 the fandom for this kind of stuff is just growing every year thanks to... Marvel Studios listen, and all these if you're if you If you are a person that thinks that they are kind of like a weirdo for listening to us... Let us know. We won't tell anyone. We'll just keep it to ourselves if you don't want anybody you to know. Are a, 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 it's like if you're Justin Bieber <laughs> and you listen to us. If you're a marine biologist and for some reason you're listening to this horse shit, or, let us know. Or you're like a, uh, you know, a Navy captain. Right? I wonder. Like, that's the, what, what our fan base is. Just tweet us at Jock and Nerdcast. Uh, that's a smart person. Assigned. This guy's job is fascinating. I kind of, I would, is he doing I know I would love to talk to him about uh, environmental and wildlife toxicology and polar bears. He's literally listening to a sock. <laughs> He's listening to a piece <laughs> of felt with chiclets glued in for teeth. Adam Morris, you are the best. Thanks for listening. Uh, Bilotti, where can yes. the listener find you? I know you sell some awesome t-shirts. Where can I get these t-shirts? You can find everything on my website, robo7.com. It's R-O-B-O, the number seven, dot com. Right on. It's and uh, It's all there. If you, want to, if you want some awesome Godzilla t-shirts, one-of-a-kind designs, you're not going to find anywhere else. 
Visit Robo7.com, yeah? Yes. And I sell prints as well as uh, T-shirts. And we have uh, coffee mugs now and uh, phone cases, laptop cases, notebooks. Got everything now. Tank tops, hoodies, whatever you want we got. Listener, it's amazing stuff. If you are a Godzilla fan, you must go click the link in the show notes. Jockander.com slash 143. Visit Robo7. You will love it, I guarantee. Rugs, where can the listener find you? Oh, you can only find me on Twitter at really rug boy. I don't have any merchandise. No merchandise. Hey, we have merchandise. Oh. I we had, we haven't mentioned it in a while, but if you want a T-shirt or a mug or a bandana or something with our logo on it, just go to jockandnerd.com slash shop. You can buy hoodies and baseball tees. Uh, buy something from John. Buy something from us. You all have stuff that will make all geeks around you jealous. Jockin' nerd. Then they're gonna want it. Uh, also, listener, check out Trivia Geeks podcast. I'll put a link in the show notes. I am a co-host, and occasionally I even host. I did host. I, I filled in for the host this last week. It should be out in a couple of weeks. Uh, click the link in the show notes. Subscribe. It's a really fun podcast, and you can hear me utilize my knowledge of absolutely nothing. Jocktastic. But that's how you play the game. <laughs> Look, thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to the show. Visit jockandnerd.com slash review. It will take you to our iTunes page. You can leave us a rating and reviewing, but the subscription is what's important. Whatever platform you're on, subscribe, whether it's YouTube, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Player FM, tune in. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you tell a friend. Spread the geekery. Get them hooked on the show. Thanks for listening. This has been the Jock and Nerd Podcast. My name is Imran. We'll catch you next time. Santa Claus is coming.
Please. 